is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, Winnipeg and Manitoba? Welcome to another edition of WST Daily. What a win last night and maybe the all-time FU game by a member of the Winnipeg Jets and Gabriel Velarde's return to Los Angeles last night. We have a lot to get to coming out of last night's 5-2 win for the Jets in comeback fashion over the Los Angeles Kings. Brandon Rowicki's going to jump on, and we'll also chop it up with Scott Billick and look ahead to this massive four-game homestand heading into Christmas, which will begin Saturday night, 6 p.m., with a visit from the Colorado Avalanche, who the Jets, of course, just beat in Denver last Thursday to begin this road trip. Um, three original six teams coming in next week with the Habs, Detroit, and Boston. The fan base is fired up. Hopefully we'll see a lot, many more butts in the seat starting on Saturday. And uh, why wouldn't you want to go out and see this team with performance like that? In the absence of Kyle Connor, line one stepping up and absolutely dominating the final 40 minutes. Shifley, Velarde, and Ehlers combining for 11 points and a plus 15 on the night. Um, needless to say, the uh, the chat's fired up and they should be. So am I. And we're going to get to all of it today on the program. We'll also have our latest edition of It Takes a Community to Play, uh, talking more about coaching opportunities and where those coaching opportunities can take you, which is to the Olympic Games, around the world. Uh, Vlastic Cherny, um, the uh, former Olympian, Olympic coach, and the longtime swimming coach at U of M is going to jump on. He's got a great, great story. We'll talk to him for a few minutes later on. And don't forget... Beat the box office tickets for AEW later on today. And if you haven't already, podcast listeners, get on over to winnipegsportstalk.com. You can enter on the website to win a pair of beat the box office tickets. We'll announce those at the end of tomorrow. Um, But tomorrow is the day the tickets go on sale. But as we told you yesterday, pre-sale goes on until 10 o'clock tonight. And if you want to get in now... Use the promo code AEWWPG for pre-sale opportunities right now for AEW April 10th, just in time for a nice Christmas present for the wrestling fan in the family. Um, All right, we got to get to this. Let's get Remus in here. Just before I do that, I have to thank the sponsors that make this program happen each and every day. A big thanks to Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries for their support of the it takes a community to play program. Little Brown Jug, the Winnipeg Jets, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, Princess Auto, Nick and Nicky DQ, F Apparel, Wallace and Wallace, Vita Health Fresh Market, Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery, Aquatech, Modern Man Barbershop. We'll get to a why not question of the day for Not Auto Corp over at Waverly and McGilvery. And of course, I got to give the shout out to a cool bet as well as a lock shopper in Edmonton named Rod Z, who yesterday while we were doing <laughs> while we were doing the cool bet show and trying to figure out a three gamer, we were going to take the Islanders in reg- regulation. We had the Avalanche, and I'm always nervous. I'd never throw out the Jets because I don't want to mush them, but Rod came in with the tremendous information. 
He said that the Jets were 5-0 and in the second end of back-to-backs. The Kings had been way better on the road than they'd been at home. And he convinced us to put the Jets on that sucker, and we cashed it plus, three, uh, plus 675 to go along with the Gabriel Velarde revenge goal at plus 300. So it was a great day in the lock shop. Join us tomorrow at noon for our big NFL weekend play. Um, but uh, it was a good day, and let's just say the lock shop was lit today, and Rod got his victory lap, a very deserving victory lap, thanks to Gabriel Velarde and the Winnipeg Jets. All right, let's get Remus in here and get this show on the road. Reem, I know we talked about the signature win of the season on Friday after what the Jets did to the Avalanche in Denver. I think we've got a new number one on the list after last night. Oh, man, what a game when it seemed like everything was going wrong. Uh, they come out and score five straight uh, two nothing and look they get that first goal but on the power plays you know Schmidt with the pretty you know look shoves a guy sure they call it but then you know uh, it was a Kempe shoves Dylan Dylan Samring in front like he's a receiver doing offensive pass interference uh, gets the puck and scores and you know Bones livid Lowry livid you're on the second game of a back-to-back oh and then they score from who oh, Laferriere behind the net us on your Vesna caliber goalie. Uh, it looked like, you know, this was going to be one of those nights where it just isn't, doesn't go the Jets way, but uh, they were able to reverse the course of action and the top line, you know, played kind of probably better than they did against San Jose, but they played very well and didn't get rewarded. And boy, did they ever get rewarded with Ehlers scoring two and Velarde scoring one and oh, Shifley adding in the exclamation mark on the empty inner. I thought he was going to pass. To, to Velarde too before that, but a statement game for the Jets uh, after a, a road trip that already had a statement game. So they come home three and one, incredible. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, I think listen, they were a big underdog last night. They played the night before. We can go through all of it. You know, we'll hear from Bones. I, I just love Bones is the opposite of Maurice when it comes to talking about the challenges of the schedule and all that. And longtime listeners know, I mean, I, I really did think that Paul Maurice, in some ways, and this is, this is not to crap all over him, but, I mean, his style was of protecting his team so much that he would often throw out all the excuses of why it's such a tough spot for the team before the game was even played. In a way, it came out to seem like it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. Such a tough schedule, the time zones, everything's up against us. And, well, guess what? We went out and lost. And Bones last night, you know, said, hey, you know, we played last night. We're on back-to-backs. There's no excuses. We got to push through it. And that's exactly what the Winnipeg Jets did last night. And, um, I mean, this the way that it happened. You mentioned Nikolai Ehlers. Ehlers has been awesome for, well, listen, when he's in and he's on his game, he's elite. There's no two ways, no two ways about it. Um, after that tough start to the season, missing training camp, he is going right now. And, I mean, these last couple of games has been as good as we've seen. They weren't able to score against Mackenzie Blackwood, unfortunately, when they needed it in San Jose, and lost a game, even though they played quite well and carried the game for, I'd say, at least three quarters of that 60 minutes after a slower start. But, man, those two goals that he put forth on Cam Talbot energized that team, Remus. And they needed it so badly because of what happened in the first period, as you mentioned. Um, I was incensed. I think most fans were 
but that happens all the time. What you don't usually see is Adam Lowry and Rick Bonus as livid as they were after that first goal. And you sort of laid it out. I mean, a very, very borderline call against Nate Schmidt that put him in the box. And then arguably the exact same thing right in front of Connor Hellebuck that created a scoring chance and the goal that was overlooked. Listen, this isn't about bitching about the referees, but man, it's inconsistent right now. And uh, I didn't blame the Jets for being as disappointed and angry as they were. And then it got compounded by a complete fluke goal that I still have no idea how it went in. I mean, the amount of room between the post and Connor Hellebuck's head was minuscule, and it literally went off Helly's head and bounced off the opposite post and in. And listen, in the past, when something like that's happened, and I'm sure a lot of people were thinking, oh my God, this is just going to be one of those nights. Thank God they got the first two wins on the road trip. Come back two and two. Uh, that obviously was not the way the Jets were feeling. And, you know, we talked about the Gabriel Velarde revenge game. You heard from Velarde after the game, and we'll play some of those clips as well as the rest of the team. That wasn't just a, a regular game for the Jets, and maybe that went into playing Hellebuck in the game. Hellebuck was brilliant for the rest of the way. He didn't allow anything in after that. Another night, I think, got nine in a row with two goals against for Hellebuck. Um, and the team rallied, and they didn't look back, and they were clearly the better team in the second period. They got the lead, and maybe most impressive outside of obviously the offensive explosion line one was limiting the Los Angeles Kings to six shots on goal when they really needed it in the third period. Yeah. LA has been such a good uh, team hustler. Uh, they play this uh, suffocating style defense, but, and you think down to nothing, it's going to be tough. But Gabe Vlardy mentioned after the game, he's like, look, one, three, one, it's tough to play against. You got to get in hard and deep and uh, retrieve pucks. A lot of skating. Uh, they certainly did that, and they you know, got off. You know, they just needed one to, uh, you know, I think get themselves back in, and Velarde enters the zone, passes to Ehlers, who walks down the middle, and you know he's got a great shot and puts it past uh, Cam Talbot's glove. And all of a sudden, hey, it's 2-1. You're, you know, you're only down a goal then. You just need one more, and Ehlers goes down the wing and rips another, just rocket uh, past Cam Talbot. Um Absolutely uh, incredible from Ehlers, and you mentioned his slow start in October. He had four points in nine games, two goals, two assists. Well, didn't didn't he have that last night? Us two goals, two assists. I'm pretty sure that's what he. I'm I'm pretty sure that's what he had last night. So uh, equaling his October total in one game, and we'll play Rick Bonus. Yeah, he said he's Ehlers is flying. He's feeling it, and uh, you know he improved in November with seven points in thirteen, and now in December. After six games, he's got nine points. I know four of those uh, were last night, but they need him. You know, we say, okay, who's going to step up in Kyle Connor's absence? Well, Nick Ehlers showed, uh, you know, when he gets for top-line minutes, uh, gets top-line power play, he can be a top-line player in this league. And just a, a big, a big statement game for that top-line last night. And for, for Gabe Velarde, who uh, he wanted to take it to the Kings, and, uh, and he basically said that after the game well and listen we'll get to the Velarde comments in a minute but um I mean that wasn't just another game as as I said I mean that was a game that everyone in that Winnipeg jet dressing room and certainly Rick Bonus as well wanted to win for Velarde and Alex Iafalo who got the you know nice little welcome back in the first period you know and and this does go back to 
um, it was, it wasn't a full standing O it was sort of a half and half and Dennis from an LA perspective did mention that, you know, I think Velarde sort of burned a few fans with his comments about how excited he was to play in a Canadian market, um, which rubbed some people the wrong way. But I'll tell you what, I mean, very clearly Velarde was rubbed the wrong way. And we joke around a lot about, well, oh, it's the revenge game narrative. And when we were doing the cool bet lines yesterday, I'm like, let's get on a Velarde goal tonight, the revenge game. Dude, that was a revenge game for him. I mean, he went there on a purpose to win a hockey game, to play a big role in it um, for a team that, to use, quote, his, uh, to quote him, didn't want him and uh, was a massive, massive part of arguably the biggest win of the season for his new club. Yeah, I mean, that uh, backhand goal, huge exclamation point, giving the Jets uh, the 4-2 lead. You don't see that too often, a guy going... Uh, roof, what roof daddy? Is that the term of the week, Hus? Off a backhand there in tight, uh, from Dylan DeMello in his, uh, it was Mel's, uh, 500th game. Mel, apparently, you see this tweet from the Jets? Dylan DeMello, the man of many nicknames. What Mel's, Mel, smoke. smoke. I'm in, Smoke's I'm in a great for, name. I'm in for smoke. Oh, uh, the, I'm on the Jets, uh, it, uh, Twitter, looking up that tweet, that uh, already has a nice message uh, here for the fans. But they're back to Winnipeg, this road trip. It was funny how, you know, the game that you thought they were going to, you know, thought they were going to win, they lost against San Jose. All I agree with Perfetti. They didn't, well, they didn't play horrible. They just couldn't score. And the game where going in, you thought, oh, man, they're in tough here. They couldn't score against San Jose. How are they going to look against L.A.? It was one of the top teams. They blew them out of the water. Uh, crazy. And you took down two top teams in this road trip. Have to be feeling very, very confident uh, heading into Saturday's matchup against Colorado, who did win last night as well. Yeah, you got Colorado still in first place, um, you know, because they uh, had the the extra win over the course of the last couple of days, and the Jets, you know, did not beat the San Jose Sharks. So um, Jets two point back of the Abs with a game in hand, um, and if they can win that game in hand, they'll once again be uh, be right there with uh, with the Avalanche. Um, but it, and we'll get into a little bit more about, I mean, certainly the top line, what the ceiling is for that line based on what we saw last night, um, the contributions of all three of those players. Um, and it's easy to focus in on, you know, those three guys that did all the scoring. Remo, I just DM'd you uh, a graphic from uh, Hockey Stat Cards. If you want to get that up for a minute. I mean, you know, and these hockey stat cards and a number of these analytics spots will, uh, you know, give game score uh, courtesy of Dom Lecician for players. And no surprise. I mean, look at the guys running it last night for the Winnipeg Jets. Gabriel Velarde, Mark Scheifele, Nikolai Ehlers, all with monster, monster games. But what's been lost in all of this, uh, and I wanted to bring this up, because if you look at this from last night's game, look past Velarde, Shifley, and Ehlers. Number four on the list with a huge game, Neil Pionk. Dylan DeMello, smoke, in his 500th game. Josh Morrissey and Brendan Dillon. When you have a line that performs the way the Winnipeg Jets had last night, providing that sort of offense, and your top four defensemen all near the top of that list. 
Um, that's a really, really good sign. And, and I was looking at this, and I know I talked a lot about Neil Pionk, like after that earlier road trip and everything that happened with Adam Johnson and the game he played in, in Arizona, that afternoon game where he just seemed to be playing with a purpose, unlike anyone else, frankly, in the lineup to start that game and moving forward. Like this guy took a lot of heat from a lot of Winnipeg Jet fans, a lot of our listeners last year. And I I really do think, and I'm interested in your take on this, that, you know, Neil Pionk, for the most part this season, but especially since that horrible tragedy, has um, has been playing some of his best hockey as a Winnipeg Jet. And last night, in the third period, they focused in on the one shift he had when the Kings were really pushing it. Um doing everything he could to help his goaltender. Three different instances on the same shift, including blocking down a guy, taking a stick, not allowing him to bang one in on the, on, the, uh, on the rebound. And there was a lot of angst about this blue line. And I'm not saying it can't get better, but the guys that are playing in the top four especially are, um, are doing everything they can to help win games. And Neil Pionk has been leading the way and had another big game last night. Yeah, you mentioned Neil Pionk since the uh, tragic passing of his friend Adam Johnson, stepping it up. Um, you know, just had, seemed to have a fire lit under him in that game against Arizona. You know, scoring his, you know, he scored his first goal, and yeah, watching Neil Pionk get in there uh, at times, even on the forecheck, he brings a lot of energy. Uh, he's, you know, does have some uh, goal scoring ability as well. But you know, it's funny. You have the other defenseman we spend all game. Uh, talking about, you know, we should have been talking about the spending more time yesterday on the Vlardy revenge game. Kind of went under the radar. We spent all the time, okay, who's going to be the seventh defenseman? It was Nate Schmidt who got in there. Um, you know, he and he played solid. He's been solid all year. Uh, you know, is he a bit overpaid? Yeah, but he, you know, you know you're going to get from him. And I wonder if he's going to be the guy going forward. They've done, you know, experimenting around, and they're going to go with him. But I think we can agree, but no more. 11 and 7, uh, the 12 and 6. They had four lines rolling. Axel uh, getting in on the four check as well. You know what he brings. And I mean, it was a, a full a full team effort, but certainly led uh, by that top line, Velarde, Shafley, and Ehlers. Yeah. And and, um, and just back, you know, one more thing on Pionk. Um, you know, in the summer, um, and with all of our off-season chats about the team and how they're going to be and moving forward, what needs to happen, as well as in training camp, I-, I said a few times that there might not be a single player on this team that could affect the fortunes of the Winnipeg Jets more with a turnaround season than Neil Pionk. You knew he was going to be playing big minutes, um, you know, with him being on the right side. You knew he would be out there, and we've seen it in the past that he has played at a high level, especially when he came here from the New York Rangers. And Neil Pionk has done exactly that. Um, you just, you know, sometimes we hear everyone's really, really loud when guys are getting killed and things aren't going well, uh, and then it's crickets when things are happening. So uh, I wanted to kind of single out Pionk, but that entire top four. Um, because, man, Remus, the more that those guys play, and listen, Josh Morrissey has been leading the way. He has been phenomenal. And I think it goes to show just how brilliant that Shifley, Velarde, and Ehlers were together with passing between each other, because it's not too often you'll have a five-goal game 
in that fashion that Josh Morrissey doesn't get on the scoreboard. Um, but for the defense last night, they were taking care of business in their own end. They were getting the puck to 55, 27, and 13, and uh, they sort of took it from there beginning in the third, in the second period. Yeah, I mean, that's what you got to do. Give the puck to your skill guys, you know, to say, hey, Nick, here, take the puck, go. Uh, skate all the way down the ice and uh, just rip one past uh, Cam Talbot. It was, uh, again, very solid performance, and, you know, they could have packed it in down 2 nothing at the end of the road trip, but uh, you could tell this was more than just a normal regular season game for them. They wanted to win for uh, Gabe Velarde. They wanted to win to, you know, I think to show everyone they're a good team, although, you know, they know. But uh, this is going to be, you know, makes me think this is going to be a real battle here between uh, Winnipeg, Dallas, and Colorado for the Central Division title. And the Jets, I think, are make it, made a statement to the league. And, you know, one guy we haven't even mentioned, uh, Connor Hellebuck, after all that, uh, nine straight games allowing two or fewer, uh, 11 straight quality starts. That's a positive goal save above expected. That's the longest stretch by any goalie this season. Shout out to Mike Kelly uh, for for uh, tweeting those out. So he is dialed in, and you kind of knew. Like we've seen this before, where he lets in a one, you know, early. That's you know not the best one from a weird angle, and just locks it down right after. And if he lets in two or fewer, I think the Jets got a pretty good chance of uh, you know winning the games there. So his he's on on pace here uh, for a Vesna nomination, I think. Hey, nomination, maybe winning the damn thing. Yeah. I mean, Cam Talbot would have been at the top of that list probably going into last night, but I think we're seeing some regression to the mean for Talbot and regression back to the top for Hellebuck. And just on Hellebuck, um, how good does that extension look right now? I mean, can you imagine if he was playing like this and the team was winning the way they are right now and that was still up in the air? I can tell you that the cost of that deal probably would be significantly more. Um, the timing was perfect for the Winnipeg Jets, and he uh, he's not only given them Vesna Trophy-level goaltending right now, um, but the plan is for that to come for another seven years. And um, we're not talking about his future at all. We're just talking about him shutting the door again and getting another big two points for the Winnipeg Jets. We're going to chop this up with Brandon Rewicki and Billick coming up. Um, but, Remo, let's hear a little bit of Gabriel Velarde. Uh, we've got Bones as well. Um, you know, and Shifley and Ehlers both spoke after the game. They said, hey, they were feeling it. It was a great game, great team win. Uh, but I think the guy that everyone wanted to hear about uh, from was Gabriel Velarde, who, uh, as I mentioned, delivered an all-time FU game to the team that traded him to the Winnipeg Jets. Here's Velarde on the uh, big comeback win for the Jets. Yeah, it feels good, especially like we won. That's a great win for us. I mean, coming off a tough loss last night in San Jose, um, nobody was happy with that result. And to come in and obviously beat the Kings, who are one of the best teams in the NHL. So, big win. Coming off the comments about Lazat a couple weeks ago, anything said tonight out there on the ice by him? No, I mean, I, I don't really want to get into that. I don't. I didn't. I said what I felt. Um, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I said my opinion. Um, I thought it was a dumb play by him, and uh, I was out for almost two months because of it. That's my opinion on it, and uh, nobody, not everyone has to agree with that. That's I, I have the right to my opinion as well. So. Sure. How weird was it coming in the other side of the building? Yeah, night? it was really weird. Uh, coming in, I didn't know where to go, obviously. Um, first time on this side. Um, yeah, it was really weird going out for warm-ups, but then uh, once the game starts, uh, it's just hockey. I thought we had a slow start. Um, but uh, we were able to rebound and I was get the win.
Um, Remo, uh, that was uh, that was a guy talking after a win. Um, remember we always talked about Andrew Harris having a boulder-sized chip on his shoulder? Uh, it really felt like Velarde had the biggest chip on his shoulder we've seen from a player going into a game. And to, to show out the way that he did along with his line mates... I thought there might be some more smiles, but this just goes back to the fact that we joke about revenge game narratives. That was legit last night for 13. Yeah, I was, you know, it was bringing me flashbacks to uh, Mark Shifley's game against Paul Maurice last year, but this was uh, legit, not only because they traded him, but uh, he was very pissed off and shouted for him, doubling down on his comments saying, look, this is how I feel. Can't t- take change my feelings. I thought it was a dumb play. Blake Lazat uh, taking out his leg. He said, I had to sit out for two months uh, because of it and took away time. Uh, you know, he's really only played like 10 games. Has he played 10 games as a member of the Jets uh, yet? So uh, he backed up his comments. And I did enjoy him saying, yeah, it was weird. I didn't know where to go in the arena yeah. that he's been to. You know, how many times has he been to, uh, I want to say, Stable Center, Crypto.com Arena. So this, I mean, I. Uh, I think he's becoming a fan favorite here with uh, well, with his play, but also, uh, you know, his frankness in these interviews. Well, I, I mean, listen, when it came down to his situation going into last night, he was pretty clear. Um, he was pretty clear about how he felt about the situation before, and credit to him for not sugarcoating it or changing it when he got to L.A. He said, that's my opinion. You don't have to like it. Uh, but that's what it is. We're going to have Brandon or Wiki jump on in just a second, but I want to get a couple other clips here from um, from Velarde. Let, let's do five and six here, Reem, um, because, you know, he did talk about, you know, playing with Ehlers and Shifley and the chemistry they're getting and, you know, the fact that he didn't see them very much in, in Winnipeg as a member of the Kings, but are realizing just how great these players are. Um, but Velarde was asked if there's a sense of relief after getting that, first game in L.A. done against his former club, the L.A. Kings. Is there just a sense of relief that this game's over with? Like, Yeah, yeah, there is for yeah. sure. Um, it, you say it's, it is just another game at the end of the day. Once you get out there and start playing, it's just another game. But obviously coming here um, and being here was a big deal, and I'm happy that we won. The feeling of, ha- of having that kind of elevated intensity, I know it's just hockey, it's two points, et cetera, but... Like you said, there was something more there. Just the emotional side of that for you. How you feel? Yeah, definitely, for sure. And uh, we're family. I mean, I think it's it's amazing to see all the guys stepping up and coming together for, for, for me and, and Al. Obviously, Raz isn't here, but, uh, yeah, it, it was a, I guess you could say, a more emotional game than, than normal. Um, but, I mean, I always sally and get emotional when I score. It's, I like doing that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this Gabriel Velarde at... Maybe we'll hear some more Velarde later on, but here's the final question that was asked Velarde after the game. And if you had any any question as to whether that chip on the shoulder was still there, check this out. Does tonight close the chapter or no, carry that chip? No, no, it doesn't. For, it, I mean, obviously you saw it out there. I mean, I don't know. It's... I was once here, and now I'm gone. I mean, it's the same for everyone. Um, everyone's, I was drafted here. I loved my, my time here, playing here. It was amazing, but at the end of the day, they didn't want me, so it doesn't end anything. 
at the end of the day, they didn't want me, so it doesn't change anything. The, the only thing that was missing if could have made that better was if he followed up by asking, by the way, did PLD play tonight? Yeah, and I think a lot of people uh, in chat throwing out uh, PLD's stat line and like, oh, the guy that they did want. Uh, so I think Velarde basically, no, I think he halved his point, point total, but Velarde one assist, three goals, sorry, three assists, one goal last night. PLD has, he's got oh, seven assists on the season and five goals for 12 points. So uh, I don't think it has gone very well for Pierre-Luc Dubois adjusting to life in LA. And to be fair to PL, has, he's not playing, you know, top line minutes like Velarde was you know, not always playing top power play. But... Would you play him top line minutes uh, looking at the way he was coasting uh, out there last night? Like, and, and here's the hilarious thing. If you look at his numbers from last night, he did get an assist. Look back at the assist. He barely touches the puck, and that was on that fluke goal that was shot from the corner behind the net off Hellebuck's helmet. He did nothing last night, and I will admit, I this may make me a sick individual, but I stayed up extra late last night putting in Dubois and PLD in my Twitter search and laughing my ass off at everything that the Kings fans are saying right now about that trade. Um, it was an enjoyable night if you were on the Jets side of things. Uh, and it was, as much as he still had the game face on afterwards, I think there was a big smile on Gabriel Velarde's face after the game on that flight home. We'll talk about it coming up with Brandon Rewicki. We'll hear from Bones a little bit later uh, as well. Um, hey, folks, the holidays are here, and there's a Canadian club for every occasion heading into the holidays for gathering and entertaining, enjoying, or gift-giving. We've got you covered. Uh, great sales on right now at Manitoba Liquor Marts with all of the Canadian club favorites, the original, the 100% rye, and the CC Classic 12-year-old. And don't forget to keep your eyes out for the limited release Canadian Club Invitation Series 15-year-old Sherry Cask. It's the signature Canadian Club Classic 12-year-old whiskey finished with a secondary aging in Oloroso Sherry Casks. All the class, all the hallmarks of classic Canadian club with the added richness and sweetness of sherry that just launched last month. It is around only for a limited time. It's available at your local Manitoba Liquor Mart for $79.99. And as of about a week and a half ago, there were still five bottles of the CC Chronicles 45-year-old still available for anyone looking for an extra special gift for the whiskey enthusiast in their family. Those beauties are $4.49. Again, there was only five available. If you are interested in that, um, talk to your local Manitoba Liquor Marts and uh, see if you can still pick one up before the 45-year-olds are gone. And hey, this holiday season, and always remember to enjoy responsibly. Um, hey, speaking of the holidays, Donnie and the gang, listen, Manitoba Batteries powering this city and province 12 months a year. It's the most convenient way to get your battery in Winnipeg at the best price. But for all of you that are dreading the Christmas shopping season, they've got some great present packages where you don't have to fight lineups, no driving involved, and the gifts will help you keep a loved one safe this winter and beyond. How about this? 25-foot booster cables for 60 bucks, 
three sets of 12 foot booster cables for 60 bucks, a 2000 amp booster pack for 120 bucks, an ice fishing package that includes a 10 amp lithium battery and charger for 120 bucks. And finally, a good old gift card for your loved one to get that battery when they need it for $0. Get your credit card. Give Manitoba Battery a call at 204-783-8787 and knock a few of these gifts uh, gifts off your list in just a couple minutes. It's that simple, folks. ManitobaBattery.com online. And again, 204-783-8787. Free delivery for any purchase over 60 bucks inside the perimeter of Winnipeg. Um, You're also going to want to be looking good for the holidays, gang. And fellas, it's time to head down to Modern Man to get a look for all your photos and everything that you'll be in that you'll want to look good for. When it comes to looking good, head on down to one of eight locations for Modern Man Barbershops, including the newest locations on either Pemina Highway or Plessy Road. Modern Man has you covered with haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. But they're getting busy right now, gang. So uh, make an appointment and book your look via modernmanbarber.com. And give them a follow on Instagram as well, at Modern Man Barber Shops. And just before we bring in Brandon Rewicki, if you're thinking about something that your entire family will enjoy for the holidays and long beyond, consider maybe some home improvement or renovations. Aquatech, because they're the experts in pools and spas. But... Whole home renovations start with Aquatech as well. With thousands of rentals as their foundation, let them upgrade any space in your home. Um, of course, you've got the sauna up on the screen. What an amazing addition that would be. Pools and spas. Um, but if you're ready to enhance your kitchen, your bathroom, or even add a man cave to your home, Aquatech can help you. Visit aqua-tech.ca to learn more about their whole home renovations, including financing options all right let's get brandon or wiki in here and uh continue the conversation rue happy holidays to you and your young growing family how about that early christmas gift for jet fans last night and gabriel velarde helping out and being a big part of it but um i'm sure that's exactly what he wanted for christmas coming a little bit early yeah and happy holidays to to you as well and and remo and his burgeoning family and the listeners um yeah it's a mini mini stalking stuffer eh the the where were you when the velarde revenge game happened that that's what last night was i mean that it was it was it was perfect right like for, for outside of it being you know like 2 30 a.m when the game ended you know the game itself was exactly what we all would have hoped for you know it was pl dudbois at one end of the ice and then gabe velarde spearheading one of the more dominant performances by any line in a game so far this season. I mean, it was just, it was tremendous to watch. It was, it was even better to us because I mean, especially the way the San Jose game went and then ended the question about all oh, who's going to take over the goal scoring, who's going to be able to put the puck in the net for the jets. And it's the entire top line that just steps up and says, Hey, why don't we just carry you guys for six to eight weeks? And it, it, it very well might happen that way, but at least for one night that that was, that was about as, as good as it gets there. And, I mean, you saw the return of Velarde to the promising player that a lot of people hoped he would be. Ehlers, uh, you know, now he's officially back so far this season, Shifley being that one setter. And then uh, Vesnabuck is back in between the pipes. So a bit of a tough blow to start the week, but all positive here to 
to wind out the work week here. Yeah, I mean, listen, perspective is important because, I mean, yeah, the Jets didn't have a great start. Battled back. It was a tie game. And they, I mean, that was a dominant performance for the better part of the next 30 minutes, and they just didn't score. And obviously the power play still needs work, and they need to kind of figure it out without Kyle Connor. Um, but last night, the way the game started, they were pissed off at the calls and, you know, what didn't get called leading to the first get, first goal of the Kings. And then to have a goal that'll go in once a season or every two seasons on a crazy angle off a helmet and a post and in, and all of a sudden the team's down to nothing. And I mean, there are two nothing deficits and then there are two nothing deficits against the Los Angeles Kings. The more I think about it, I think that second frame where the Jets took over the game was the most impressive 20 minutes of hockey this team has played all season long when you consider the circumstances. Yeah, I mean, on top of it, too, three and four nights, second of a back-to-back. Time zones. And, and you, yeah, right? Like, And you come <laughs> out there and, and you flip the game on its head in 20 minutes. It, 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 was, it was just awesome to watch. It was so great. Because, I mean, look, going into that stretch there, I – I think myself and a lot of Jets fans were like, look, get the win in Anaheim, get the win in San Jose, whatever happens in L.A. happens at that point, right? And you take two out of three, and you're feeling pretty good about yourself. But to take two of three and and to do it against the Kings in the fashion that they did was was extremely impressive. The Kings have kind of had the Jets number these past few seasons as well. So everything's stacked against them, and they find a way to get it done there. I mean, it's if, if there were... I always kind of hesitate to do this, Hus, because, you know, we're not even into the new year yet. But if there are any doubts that this team was different than last year's team, I, I just don't know how you can hold back anymore, right? Hey, and on top of it, too, like how many games in a row giving up three goals or less, and they, they do that again to, to one of the more explosive teams offensively in the NHL. It, it was, I mean, gut check, resilient, whatever adjective you want to throw out there. The, the Jets just went ahead and, they, they, they pulled out a big one in L.A., no doubt about it. Yeah, it was, um, I, I mean, a, a performance that, I mean, I don't think a lot of people expected, and I bet there was plenty of Jet fans with that 9.30 start that saw what happened in the first period and said, well, I'm out, and uh, I'll see the guys tomorrow on Winnipeg Sports Talk and hear about it <laughs> and how they can get back on track against I the I thought Avalanche. about that, to be honest. <laughs> and then, uh, and then you know, I stuck around. And if, the, if you did stuck around, it was well worth it. I mean, let's talk about that line. Um, and I think, you know, let's start with Ehlers because Ehlers was the catalyst. Um, he had been shooting a lot lately. He'd been missing the net quite a bit. I mean, he was frustrated in San Jose, especially on the power play. And credit to the Sharks for the way they just sort of collapsed. And, you know, there was no shooting lanes. They were blocking it. They were taking the pucks. Um, he had a couple of those uh, of those uh, rockets over the shoulder of Cam Talbot. And I've often thought that he uses a stick that's like, it's like he basically grabbed one of Tyler Myers' sticks before he left. And it seems kind of too long. And sometimes I think that affects maybe some of the stick handling. But, man, can he rip it. And um, those two goals, signature Ehlers goals, in addition to everything that he was doing when the puck was on his stick with that world-class speed. Yeah, I mean, the the one where, you know, you're on the rush, on the move. He, how many guys are catching him when he's skating that fast? I mean, look, for Velarde to hit him in stride, great pass to kick it all off there. But, I mean, honestly, how many guys in the NHL could move that fast through the middle of the ice? And then in stride, without breaking a step, 
go bar down like that. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's high level hockey at its best. And and that's Ehlers has been that guy for I I mean he's probably been there for like two or three weeks now. It, it took him maybe a bit longer than some of us anticipated uh, earlier in the year when he made his return. But I mean he's he's back to the guy where where we used to have argument. Why isn't he getting twenty minutes a night? Well. Good news, he's going to be getting 20 minutes a night for the next two months, essentially, uh, at the very least. And if he keeps playing like that, it's going to be 20-plus minutes a night, um, you know, for about four or five months after that. Uh, yeah, he – I mean, they, they were all great, you know, no doubt about it. I mean, you don't kind of lock your way into a four-point night if you're Gabe Velarde and, you know, Shifley getting maybe a little bit of hockey karma sticking up for Connor and then gets two empty netters to add onto the score sheet there. Um but Ehlers, when when he's going like he is right now, there's there's six, seven, eight guys in the league that can do what he does. It's it's so so fun to watch. All the the early season worries are completely out the window there, and um, you wonder you wonder how high the the ceiling might be for this line, Hus. Um, you know, Velarde looked great early in the year, didn't get much of a chance until the injury, and you could see him. He he plays well with really skilled guys, like he just gets it. And we haven't, I think, we haven't even seen him totally utilize his best asset yet, which is his shot. Like, imagine once he's able to to rip off a couple off an Ehlers or a Shifley feed. So, I, yeah, there's there's a lot of reason to be excited about what that top line can do moving forward here. And, yeah, they might have to do that on a pretty consistent basis here. Good, uh, good comment and chat here from Brendan Matheson. Ehlers had five points in his first 13. Now he has 15 in his last 15. He's playing lights out hockey and has elevated his game since going up to play with Mark. Uh, Ehlers, Shifley, Bellardi played their best game. I think we all would agree on that as a group. And, you know, when we talk about where Ehlers has fit, I mean, I had some guy going like, see, look what happens when you put Ehlers on the first line. I mean, Ehlers has played, it's not like Ehlers has never played with Shifley before. But during this period, um, and this included the time with Kyle Connor on the line before uh, Connor was injured against the Ducks. It, it, from my perspective, Brandon, I'll get your take on this. Shifley seems to be more comfortable with Ehlers as these games have gone on. And, you know, it didn't look great the first game. I mean, uh, you know, Ehlers did a couple things where there were some offsides and back pass to no one that went the other way. And some of that uncertainty between the line mates it, it just seems like it's diminished game after game. And now in the absence of Kyle Connor, those guys have stepped up. Velarde, you know, we talked about how big he was yesterday coming together for a signature game for that line. And to what you mentioned earlier, and I kind of did at the start, you do wonder what the ceiling is for this line because we saw how devastating they can be. Putting up 11 points, being a plus 15 against a Los Angeles Kings team that frankly just doesn't have that happen to them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it is interesting. And I've, I've always liked the way it, it's, it's funny because we heard these whispers like a while, like, I don't know how true these were, but that, that Mark Shifley didn't totally love playing with Nikolai Ehlers, right? Like there was a level of unpredictability that, you know, or, or maybe he was just more comfortable with, with Wheeler and Connor for so many years. You know what I mean? Like oh, I, there, oh, there was oh, always absolutely. that thrown absolutely. out there. Yeah. But it was funny because whenever they were put together and you look at the numbers, you're like, well, who cares if he doesn't like it? <laughs> like, not, if you don't like it. You're on track to make eight, nine million dollars a year with these kind of numbers. Like you might like the paycheck, even if you don't like your time on the ice together. Um, 
But I mean, there is definitely a bit of a like it's a process playing with Ehlers, right? Because he's very untraditional and and how he attacks the offensive zone. I mean, on the rush, I think him and Shifley play off each other well. I think of that that goal at home a few games back where it was just bing, bang, bing, bing, boom, all over the the offensive zone and and Ehlers goes bar down there where you know they're able to play off each other nicely like that. But you know, Mark Shifley he he kind of mentions this too that offensively he tries to simplify his game and he says that like from an NHL all-star perspective, it's not very simple in terms of what he does skill-wise, but there's a lot of let's go in there and and try to forecheck and move it around that way. And that's how he played with with Wheeler and Connor for a long time. And I think having Velarde on that line kind of gives them, or at least gives Mark Shifley a bit more of a grounded compliment to play with. And now they're a little more accustomed to, you know, when Ehlers gets the puck and he starts you know, winging around the offensive zone, going in circles that, you know, you've got to try to find some some space in the zone, uh, some open areas to work with because he's going to find you with a pass or he's going to find a lane to shoot and you're going to create a rebound, right? So I, I, I've, I've never had a problem with Shifley and Ehlers together. I don't know how much they have either, but I, I think that they're, you know, anytime you put smart hockey players together, I, I think they generally find a way to figure it out. I think that's the case of what we're seeing right here. And that, you know, Velarde, even though being the youngster on the line, can, can be the defensive conscience. And on top of that, be a playmaker and be a finisher if he's given that opportunity as well. Well, let's kind of expand on that. Um, it had been a rough start for Velarde. I mean, he had two pretty nice games, uh, got hurt, missed two months, a little bit slow coming back, and then does that in a game that obviously meant so much to him. What do you think last night does for Gabe Velarde as we move into this big homestand heading into Christmas? Yeah, springboard. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know how it isn't, right? Like, I mean, to get that off your back and then to play the way that you did there, I, I mean, for, for any young guy, confidence just must be through the roof right now. And you're given the opportunity, you have the the confidence and the trust of your coaching staff don't, don't be shocked if we, we we see a bit of a Velarde heater over the next handful of weeks here. I, yeah, I think it's wild, too. I honestly think we haven't seen him play his best hockey yet. I, I think he's going to get better and better and better as we move along. Um, and the guy that we're seeing right now is pretty damn valuable. Like, it's wild to think that there's still another level that he can get to here. And like I mentioned earlier there, Huss, I mean, once he starts ripping a couple, and if he gets a little, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him be a little selfish with the puck and start shooting a little bit more. You know, when, once we see that element, element of his game added in, I, I think that top line's going to be going to be pretty damn interesting. And it's funny too because we saw the Dubois Velarde comparisons all night and then throughout the morning as well, the uh, you know, the the player cards and, and things like that. You know, like obviously there's no Jet fan that would do a Dubois for Velarde trade straight up at this point. I wonder has how much the Kings would have to throw in in a Dubois and Velarde trade to make that palatable from a Winnipeg perspective. Yeah, they'd also That's have to eat well 60% of the salary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, how, how much retainer and then how much compensation on top of that do you want to add to get this one done? Well, it's actually funny you bring that up because I see SK, who's always uh, clapping on Chevy and Spencey. Um those put it this way the Chevy critics are pretty quiet right now and grasping on to a few things that probably are um not true uh in fact uh, everything that he has done from that trade 
through the offseason and the signings of Shifley and and uh, Helly, like I was I was saying right now, can you imagine if that Hellebuck deal didn't get done? And we're sitting here coming in to Christmas with an expiring contract, with Hellebuck playing the way he is, the team playing the way he is, with the uncertainty of what they do, how do they go about this. It would have been almost impossible to trade him because of how good the team is and how legitimate they are in the West and the chance that they think they have to make some noise in the playoffs. I mean, you want to talk... I'll say this right now, and this is probably going to make a few of his biggest critics roll over, but when you think about the moves that Cheveldayoff made through the summer, being patient, getting it done, uh, getting the trade done with Dubois, bringing those new players in, the re-signing of Nemetsnikov, re-signing of Niedermeyer, the dual twin extensions. If the Jets stay where they are in the standings, he'll probably be a finalist for the GM of the year, which is going to drive <laughs> some people crazy. But do you not agree? Yeah, that's how the GM of the year usually works, too. It's like some guy that's up against it, and they find a way to turn it around. And it's funny. I, you know, you mentioned it. What would it be like if Hellebuck didn't have the extension? I don't think he's in Winnipeg right now because – Edmonton couldn't get a save to save their season. Buffalo, um, Jersey. New Jersey was at the same point. Buffalo, like one of those teams would have been like, screw it. We'll just get them. Right. So like imagine Name the your ultimate. price. Yeah. Yeah. Like whatever you want. Simon Nemitz. Yeah. Whatever. Just throw a couple first. Yeah. Let's keep it going here. So it's funny to see what the alternate universe might have been like if, if that's the case. But yeah, I mean, I, I've been very critical about. I mean, a number of, of moves and non-moves that, that Chevy has made over the last, I don't know, 18, 24 months. But, the, I mean, this offseason alone was, that, that, that was a, a grand slam. I, you just, you can't argue anything other than that right now. I mean, he's, he's nailed everything. Going the back, Dubois trade. Going yeah, back the to Dubois the trade, trade deadline last year. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a few deadlines too, but like the Andrew Kopp trade was... A monumental haul for for what I mean, somewhat disappointing out there in in Detroit, right? Just wait but like, till I mean, Elias Salmonson gets here next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we haven't even seen him drop in yet, but he, he it's it's been pretty impressive work. Um, you know, there's obviously with the log gem on defense still unsolved. Like, there's a few things that need to be ironed out moving forward, and maybe there's another big move or two in in the offers that you know. We'll find out in a, in a couple of weeks' time. But the way he set this club up right now, I, I, I don't know what the major arguing point would be, in all honesty, right? Like, every team in the NHL has a contract or two they would like to get rid of, in, in all honesty. Um, you know, you could kind of argue little minor points in terms of, like, the prospects and the development and things like that. Um but all in all, with where the Jets are at right now, I mean, it's it's been best-case scenario since the season started, and you've got to give a tip of the cap to Chevy for that too because, look, if, if they might have signed those extensions two months into the season, I don't think it's the same positive vibes to start the year, right? Like, to get that done before the season even started is... It, it's really hard to quantify that in, in terms of numbers, right? But it was a massive, massive boost to the team internally and once they hit the ice i mean you could just tell 
that the club in terms of its like mental health is in a much, much better spot than they've been in well, years. A hundred percent. And I mean, there's no better example of that is Shifley. And I guess to your point, I mean, I guess there is an element of chicken or the egg with the extensions um, and having him have a clear head coming in, knowing what his future was. But we, everything that I was just saying about Hellebuck, you could say the exact same thing about Shifley because, I mean, not only is he producing at, you know, an all-star level, um, but honestly, if you look back at this road trip, those three games, especially the last two, I, I mean, if, if you isolated some of Mark Shifley's commitment to back-checking and just doing everything he can, not going to be a Selkie finalist, but doing everything he can to help his team in both ends and p- compared that to what we'd seen in the last couple of years, I mean, it's night and day. And doing what he's doing right now, what would the number be for Shife? So, I mean, it, it really is falling into place. And those two extensions are, well, the fingerprints are all over what's happening right now with this hockey team. And uh, it certainly completely flipped the narrative about where the team was. And back to... I think it really kind of emphasized and reinforced their belief in the players that they had right now. And a lot of people around here didn't want to hear it, um, but they're sort of being proved right right now with the way the team is that uh, the team is playing. Moving on from those forwards, and that's you know a conversation we'll be able to have throughout the year. I pulled up the game scorecard from Dom that uh, Connor had tweeted out last night. And you saw the monster game, I mean, basically maxed out to the end for Velarde, Ehlers, and Shifley. Right after that, though, next up was Neil Pionk, Dylan DeMello, Josh DeMorrissey, and Brendan Dillon. And for all the talk we have, and I mean, God knows the chat is 50% debate about the six defensemen, which is the most Canadian market thing of all time. <laughs> Those guys, but Pionk in particular, is playing his ass off right now. And I'm not sure whether it's the headspace, you know, kind of maybe refocusing or just playing hockey after everything that happened with Adam Johnson. We talked in the off season about how we knew Peon could be much better than he was last season. And that might be the most important thing as far as having an effect on the Winnipeg Jets wins and losses. Um, what have you seen of Peonk's game and uh, how important he is and how different he looks and confident he looks um, as opposed to, um, you know, a real tough season last year. Yeah, that, that's the word I was going to use is he just looks more confident out there. And I don't know if he lost it last year or, or what the deal was, but, I mean, he's always at his best when he's being aggressive all over the ice. Like in the neutral zone, he's very effective in terms of, of picking off passes and, and stopping plays before they happen. I don't think he's great at defending the blue line all that much, but when he gets stopped it before the puck even gets there, that's his biggest strength. And I think we're seeing him jump into the play more. But, I mean, part of that too, Huss, is and, – and this goes with, I mean, all the blue liners really, but I would say especially the, the, the second pair there, is you can play a lot more aggressive and, and confident when you know there's going to be forwards back there to support you. And we saw all too many times last year that that wasn't the case. And when you remove that layer of trust, it, it's tough. It, it's tough to play effective hockey defensively in the NHL. But that, that's a complete 180 this year where there are guys supporting a defenseman pitching in. There are players coming back and back checking, right, providing the back pressure so you can make sure there's not much of a gap between 
the defensemen and the forwards and things like that. So I, I just, I think specifically that second pair, but I mean the whole decor as a whole have benefited immensely from just better defensive play up front, right? Like, I mean, a full season of Niederreiter, Velarde and Iafalo know what they're doing there. And then you remove uh, some former players that were just lacking in the defensive department, right? Like that, that does a big, big part in this team. And specifically, Pionk and Dylan just looking more more effective out there on the blue line. Oh, the chat's about to go crazy because the dog has entered the room. Yeah, you can bring uh, you can bring him around. Um, but maybe Brandon, oh. the best example of that um, that you're talking about with the improved defensive play was the third period last night. I mean, going in with a three-two lead and allowing the Kings, who have been one of the best teams in the league all year long. Six shots on Connor Hellebuck in, uh, you know, in the most important period of the stands. I mean, that it, as great as the second period was in scoring the goals and coming back, that third period was almost equally as impressive as what they had done. And I mean, continuing, what is it, 18 straight with three goals or less? You're going to win a lot of games. Jets, I believe, now sixth in goals against in the National Hockey League. And everyone on this team has a piece of it. That's such a crazy stat. And it's crazy. <laughs> and, and what's what's wild about it too, Hus, is, I mean, you know, Hellebuck, now the numbers have taken, like they, they've skyrocketed, right? But this isn't a goaltending thing in terms of the goals against. Like, they're just a good defensive team. How? Like, what, I just never believed this would even be possible. Especially, you know, with, with the, the majority of the team back, right? Like the same blue line. And then, oh, there we go. That's That's the reason right there. Um, the bones effect. That, that's to me. This is the the biggest reason for optimism. Us is that they're just playing sustainably good defense. Uh, that's what that's what the great teams do, right? Like, I mean, you you watch Vegas, you watch Boston, you wonder why they're successful year in year out, and they got different pieces coming in, guys getting older, all that. I mean that that's the reason why. That's that's the spine of your team, and. They're doing that. Like, they're following that same formula. It's it's pretty wild to see. And then now we've gotten, you know, and, and I don't think it's a coincidence either that it happens, you know, Kyle Connor goes down here. But, you know, Vesna, Vesna Buck is back. And there there might be another nomination in his future down the stretch here. I mean, that, uh, that's the wild part, too, with his early struggles, Hus. You know, he's, he's put together some Vesna-worthy campaigns with a bottom 10 defense in front of him. And once he gets settled in and this group continues to play the way that they have, gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard to hold him out of the top three by the end of the year. Bring on the Avs on Saturday night in this homestand uh, heading into Christmas. Okay, before we go, I don't know if you can get the dog in to say a quick hi and uh, you can tease your next skates and plates because I know Jets fans can't get enough Jets talk these days for obvious reasons. All right, I'll, Ghost, come here. We'll see if he comes back in. He's 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 a, he's a husky, so I mean, he's doing whatever he wants. He's probably breaking some door down right now. Um, but well, yeah, skates and blades uh, tomorrow coming out tomorrow morning. Uh, breaking down Jets King Ghost, come here, come here, Ghost. People want to see you. Come up. There he is. Look come at on, this. Ghost. Look at this big Ghost. beauty. Ghosty. There you go. He's like, all right, you're gonna yeah. feed me or what? Yeah. Well, yeah. He's... I mean, his dog, the food bill is more for him than the rest of the family combined. Um, but, uh, yeah, Ghost Bear's doing good. This is his time of the year. He wishes it was a little colder out, but um, it's going to be walk number three coming up soon. So I probably got to jump and, and do that quick before we record Skates and Blades later. 
Perfect. Well, we'll look forward to it tomorrow. Uh, have a great weekend, man, and uh, we'll catch up one more time before Christmas, but enjoy uh, the holiday season and uh, these games at Canada Life Centre starting on Saturday with the Avs in town. Sounds good. Have a great weekend. Appreciate it. We're going to uh, stay on the Jets coming up with Billick. Um, but we do have a CFL schedule. We will not forget about that. We'll hit that a little later on on the program and discuss the Grey Cup rematch that will open the season right here at IG Field on the 6th of June and more. <clears throat> and, gang, as I mentioned, that um, uh, this uh, homestand coming up. Um, for anybody that was on the fence, well, I'm going to go to a game. We'll see what happens. Uh, I think we've seen what's happened. This is uh, a heck of a hockey team that's playing a great brand of hockey. And uh, now's the time to get out and get some more butts in seats and uh, get behind this team for four massive games going into the holidays. Beginning on Saturday, 6 p.m., Hockey Night in Canada, Jets Avalanche battling for the top of the Central Division. And then Montreal, Detroit, and a Friday night game against the Boston Bruins next week. WinnipegJets.com slash tickets. <clears throat> and check out the uh, Jets webpage as well for some other great holiday gift ideas. But this might be the homestand of the season. And it starts off with a massive one on Saturday night. I hope to see you all up in the 300s for that game. Um, listen, let's uh, give a thanks to our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, listen, winter's here. You got to keep your body healthy. And uh, Vita Health has the best prices on natural and organic supplements, not to mention breeder products and groceries. And, of course, Winnipeg's lar- largest selection of local products, too, <laughs> just in time for the holidays. Um, all the best men's health supplements as well, including... Prairie Naturals, Canada's number one men's health brand. Other great gift ideas at Vita Health. And of course, we are a local show. When you're shopping at Vita Health, you're supporting a local family owned company operated here in the PEG since 1936. And if you're too busy to make it out, get on down to myvita.ca. You can order online with local delivery options as well. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Six Winnipeg locations and online at myvita.ca. Um, I know people probably don't ask for an overhead door for Christmas, but if that's what would be on your house's list, if if your home had a Christmas list and an overhead door is on that, the experts at Wallace and Wallace have you covered for that. Fencing, overhead doors, the leaders in the industry since 1946 here in Winnipeg. And don't forget that overhead door is that a lot of ups and downs summer and fall, but it's about to work a whole lot harder this winter because winter puts much more stress on a garage door. The right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Call Wallace and Wallace to book your inspection and maintenance service call today for residential and commercial overhead door sales and service. There's only one name or two you need to know, and that is Wallace and Wallace. And, uh, hey, I uh, speaking of Christmas gifts and holiday wishes, Guys, if you're uh, getting ready for holiday parties, family gatherings, you wouldn't got your haircut at Modern Man, you look good, but you're realizing, geez, I don't know if I have the right thing to wear. Take care of that with a trip down to F Apparel or a nice little friendly nudge to that special someone that you wouldn't mind an F Apparel gift card for Christmas and then maybe take care of their big Boxing Day sales right after the holidays. 
F Apparel has men in Winnipeg covered with the best in custom suits made to fit, looking great, starting at just 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, tucked and untucked styles, and the biggest and best selection of menswear accessories in town. Pop down and see them at 190 Smith Street. Make an appointment if you do want to get fitted. And again, F Apparel gift cards also available online. Check them out. Make an appointment. It's all waiting for you at ephapparel.com. And again, at 190 Smith Street downtown. Um, One other thing. We get to the bomber schedule a little later on. And stick around at the end of the program because we will do a beat the box office giveaway for AEW tickets for April 10th. And podcast listeners, we do have that contest live right now as well. Another pair of tickets to give away at winnipegsportstalk.com. All right, let's get Billick in here. Um, And oh, by the way, a big birthday shout out to WST chat legend and my pal, the Gitch, Sean Lishka, who has just said, if anyone's in Steinbach this evening, come out to karaoke night at the Franz and buy me a birthday CC and Coke. May have to send a, send a, uh, someone in my place. If anyone's going there, let me know. I'll e-transfer you something for Gitch. Let's get uh, Billick in here though. Scotty, what's going on? The, the, uh, the rug looks so festive. It's just absolutely it's- wonderful. I wish I could have done more. I've been sick since this is like the first time I'm talking since last week's show where I deteriorated quickly after the show. And uh, I've been in hell for the last week and a bit, but uh steady diet of hauls and uh, yeah, we're doing good. We're on the mend, Huss. We're on the mend. Well, so are the Jets. If anyone was too worried about uh, the result on San Jose, not that I thought that they played a bad game. Um, maybe one of, if not the most impressive victories of the season, falling down to nothing to the LA Kings of all teams. And then Shifley Ehlers and former helping out former King Gabriel Velarde deliver an all time FU game to the team that traded him. Uh, what a win last night that uh, everyone had a piece of, but there were pretty clearly three stars of the show and they were all on that jets top line. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know where to start with this game. Like, that top line, ever since they put Nikolai Ehlers there, even dating back to Kyle Connor uh, being on the line uh, pre-injury, that line's been unbelievable, right? Like, the I, I had it in my notes after the game, but it's it, it's something ridiculous. Like, they're they're out shooting their opponents 19-9. They're out attempting 19-9, um, not just with a new line, I believe, um, with, with, with Velarde on it. And prior to that, yeah, they they were just it, it's been really good. Nikolai Ehlers has brought a lot to to that line. It, it's it's just I mean, Vlardi said it I think a couple of days ago, uh, early on the road trip. He just sucks guys a couple of guys to him. That sounds terrible. He 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 takes a couple of defenders with him and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and and goes from there. Man, that's going to get clipped. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's it, 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 it but it, it's been a good. It's been good for the Jets, I, and I thought last night's game was very much symbolic of, of the way that this team has played um, this season, right? Like, I, I think if we went back even two years, this team would have looked at that game down 2 nothing in the first period and be like, yeah, okay, we're packing it in, long road trip, scheduled loss, blah, 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 blah. Th- th- those excuses don't exist anymore, and it's not because 
um, people have put the pressure on or they just don't take those excuses. Like the team doesn't allow that to be an excuse. And, and you know, they ate that first period last night. And, and I didn't think that the first period was all that bad that they played. Um, I mean, maybe a little bit early on, first 10 minutes wasn't great. But, I mean, you know, a power play goal against, which this team often has given up this year, and then a really fluky goal that goes off Hellbuck's mask and in from below the goal line. Like, those those don't go in. But one thing you know about Connor Hellbuck is when he gives up a bit of a muffin like that, it's just lights out after it. And, and, and it was. It was lights out after it. And the Jets got away from They tried to stretch, I think, in that first period. Kept on trying to stretch through that 1-3-1. Um, the, 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 the Kings play, and then they just use their speed in the second and third periods to just beat it, right? And, and this is, we've talked a lot about this vaunted 1-3-1 defensive system that always plays, and, and Gabe Velarde after the game made mention of it, how difficult it is to, to play against it, having, you know, practice against it and played in it for the last several years uh, of his career before, before coming to Winnipeg. So, but, yeah, I mean, you know, you needed somebody to step up. I thought that San Jose game, you're right. I mean, I think I, I think this team probably deserved better in that game. They had good chances and all that, but they just couldn't score. Five power plays, nothing going. Um, but but they came into L.A., and, and you could see it almost from the onset. I mean, I like the way that Neil Pionk kind of set the tone. He sealed Anze Kopitar off the wall and led to a, a pretty quick Nikolai Ehlers chance not long after. And yeah, they got down, but yeah, the second, third period, you know, you had guys stepping up. Nikolai Ehlers, two big goals. Um, the second one was you know, just an unbelievable shot, right? And, and then from there, yeah, Gabe Velarde kind of threw the whole thing. You're like, you know, what's going to happen? I mean, I think I sent out a tweet last night. Who's going to fight Blake Lazat? Nobody did, right? They fought him on the score sheet and beat them handily. And 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 you're right. I mean, the biggest that's the biggest fu game I've seen in a while. Um, well, and, and, and I, Gabe Vlardy had it and, and didn't hold back after the game either. Well, no, uh, and which I, I thought was great. Listen, we played the comments just before we went into uh, talking to Brandon. And um, I mean, I kind of joked that, I mean, the only thing missing at the end of that statement from, <laughs> from Vlardy was asking, by the way, did yeah. PLD play last night? Um, <laughs> like, yeah. it's it's hilarious. I mean, on that bizarre fluke goal from behind the goal line in the corner that was Dubois assist and I think he touched it for a second on the boards and it went over other than that he was um put it this way he didn't seem to be very fired up to be playing his old team he was getting just roasted um by Kings fans afterwards and I did see a very funny tweet someone put up hey did PLD play tonight and then I think it was Liz Hood who does the uh, the game over with the SDPN crew said, "Oh yeah, he did. Make sure to go and watch back Mark Shifley's goal. <laughs> that was when he lost his oh, stick yeah. and he was just sort of going for a skate yeah. around. Um, that can't be. Listen, he's on a great team right now that has a great record. They're one of the top teams in the league. But it is amazing to see many of the things that frustrated Jet fans last year." Um, already so on display, and this guy's got eight more years of it in LA, making eight and a half million dollars. Um, what did you think of uh, of our old pal PLD last night? Yeah, I mean, I think we saw the worst of his game, right? Maybe not the absolute worst. He didn't have that shift that we've seen a couple times in his career, but didn't take a couple stupid you, penalties you, as well. 
Right. But you also saw the guy who just didn't seem to want to be engaged. And I think the frustrating part about Pierre-Luc Dubois is that it's not that he needs to play harder or whatever. It's in his mind, right? Like, it, like when he wants to dominate a game, he'll go out there and dominate a game. And we saw it many times over the, the three years that he was here, right? But then you get the other games where he just doesn't look like he cares. And so you wonder, right? And so you're like, okay, this guy is, I think, I think he's, what, 25 now, maybe, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. And, and so you're starting to wonder now, he's like seven, seven years into his career, maybe six years into his NHL career now. And these are still things that he hasn't ironed out of his game. Like, how do you get a guy to turn the switch on every night? And, and, and as a coach and as whatever, like, I mean, that's got to come from the player. Because, you know, you, you, you can put a guy in the right situation to play and you can do all these different things. But you can't, you can't force a guy to put himself into the game every night. And that seems to be the problem that Todd McClellan might be having there is, is trying to get Pierre-Luc Dubois to, to engage himself. On, and, like, I, you know, if, if there was any game for him to or do that, right? I mean, obviously the Kings are are in a, you know fighting their own battle in the Pacific Division and all that. They're one of the best teams in the league, one of the best defensive teams in the league, all that sort of thing. But getting up against your old team and and trying to you know send them packing and two straight losses shouldn't be a hard thing to kind of get up for. But then you just watched Dubois last night, and yeah, I mean, the only reason why he was noticeable is because he wasn't very noticeable, and and he just didn't. He didn't show up. And and, and so that, that's got to be – like there's got to be some frustration internally. And I, I wonder if there's a little bit with the players. Um, you know, obviously they, they're, they're able to kind of um, shelter PLD playing a certain way because they have a lot of good talent on that team. But, I mean, what is Rob Blake thinking right now, right? Like you, you just sold – you didn't sell the farm for him, obviously. But you got rid of three – pieces two pretty good ones that the jets have really leaned on and then rasmus kapari who's uh, you know i thought it was a good piece in the fourth line before he got injured and 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 you saw obviously what velarde did last night against his former team and now you're seeing kind of dubois and and, and you're paying him eight and a half million a year and and you're wondering okay well where's the guy and you know it's fine like if he shows up in the playoffs and and that's it you know that that's what you got him for but you need him to help you get there, right? Because eventually Anze Kopitar is not going to be there anymore. Anze Kopitar isn't going to be the same player. Father Time is, is going to catch up to him. And Pierre-Luc Dubois is the future there at center. And, 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 and I mean, obviously they got Quinton Byfield and that. But you, you, want, you want Dubois to start showing you those signs. And I get it. I mean, the transition is a difficult one. I mean, it's, he's coming into a new team. It's a completely different system than he's played. Um, and all that, but I mean, yeah, I, I think the tweet, one of the tweets I saw last night is Velarde had four points in the game. He was already a third of the way to Dubois' point total for the whole season. Like that's, that's not, it's not, it's not good enough from Pierre Dubois. Um, and I think there's a lot of people right now that would suggest that, you know, the Jets have won the trade and, 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 and that sort of thing. We'll see how that goes. But right now the, the Jets, the guys that the Jets got from that trade are, are playing a lot better than Dubois has. And, and 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 I think a lot of Jets fans who are like, okay, we're fine if Dubois goes because he's shown this too many times 
um, are, are feeling vindicated in that, in that in kind of in that standpoint. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. And I mean, listen, Kings fans on social media, every team's got one of those guys that um, you know, whenever anything happens, they're all over them. But listen, you get traded for three right. players, you sign an eight and a half million dollar contract for eight years. It comes with expectations. And for well, all you the picked things, your spot, right? I mean, well, you can't everything. You can't everything complain about, and say this isn't where I want to be, you know, because you picked no. your spot. No, you know? exactly. So, well, the good thing is, yeah. Nobu, Nobu has a standing reservation, and there's some other nice <laughs> things to do there. Um, but we'll see exactly how that goes. Bottom line is, it doesn't matter to the Winnipeg Jets, as a lot of people are mentioning. He's gone. Velarde's here. He had his signature game, and that top line looked absolutely incredible. Um, you know, one thing, yeah. I don't want to talk about, get onto this too, too much, but I had suggested, you know, we kind of talked about, like, what's the best, um, what's the best formulation for the top six? You know, when everyone was here, this was pre-Kyle Connor injury. And it was very interesting to see Ehlers join Connor and Shifley, and, you know, they seem to get better every game. A little bit of a rough start. Um, but I did say that, I mean, like, I really loved what Ehlers was doing with Cole Perfetti. Connor's gone, so that's not an option anymore. And, you know, going into this next homestand, I think we'll pay close attention to that, that uh, Perfetti line because it's pretty clear that the dynamic nature of Ehlers with Perfetti definitely clicked. And um, there's a lot more work for Cole. And it's a lot on his shoulders right now trying to really be the catalyst for a line. Uh, I think it's pretty clear that Ehlers added so much to that line that is lacking right now when they're out on the ice. Yeah, I mean, it's good to have Nemestikov back on that line, obviously. I mean, I think that kind of steadies the ship too. But you're right. Like, I think... I think they're missing that guy right now that that Perfetti can find and in, in some open space and, and make that nice pass like he did with Ehlers on that line at times. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't want to say like this is a, an an issue of depth for this or depth issue for this team because like I don't think it is, but you might have to start looking at maybe putting a Nita Ryder on that line. You don't really want to break up your third line because it's been so good, right? Um, but, I mean, Rick Bonus tried it. I want to say, was it at the Anaheim game, I, I believe it was, where he went to that? Um, no, it might have been the Colorado game early on. Either way, because he called out Cole Perfetti after that one game and, and basically said the line wasn't good enough. And it, and it hasn't been. You look at the analytics, it's not good enough. They're getting outshot um, on, on almost every shift that they play. Um, it's, a, it's a test for Cole, right? Like I think te- Cole Perfetti's had a really good year. But the best parts of his year have come on the wing, um, and and the best parts of years have come with Nikolai Ehlers playing with them, and and so that's not going to be the case right now. You could, I, I you know I, I suppose move somebody else to that top line, but they're not going to do it because of how well that that top line is playing. I guess for now you can kind of you're all right with it because the other lines are scoring. You get 11 points last night from the top line, going to win you most games, but. But yeah, they they just need they need Cole Perfetti to step up a little bit, I guess. I mean, I I hate saying that because he's played he's played a good year. Yeah, I'm not even but, sure it's as much they, as they, Cole they stepping need... up. It's having, I, I mean, they're missing well, a dynamic the player thing, like right? Ehlers, like that can. Right. And they don't have they don't have another guy to really move into that spot. I don't think right. Like that's that's probably. I wouldn't be surprised if Niederreiter is there. Is... And I mean, this isn't to compare Niederreiter well, yeah, and what I he mean, does offensively yeah. to Ehlers. 
<clears throat> um, but he certainly is a guy that has consistently scored. He adds some muscle. He's good on the four check, solid yeah. defensively. But I also understand that that in some ways is sort of, if that happens, that will be the last option. And it'll take a little while to get there because as we've all seen from game one, period one, shift one of the season, Lowry, Appleton, and Niederreiter have been an absolute wrecking crew. And um, they would be loath, I think, and to I, break that up. Although they do have other options yeah, like Alex Iafalo in that role. Right, they do. And I think you can even try Morgan Barron there too. I think Morgan Barron's, uh, um, I don't want to call it maybe taking a step or anything, but I think he is he's showing good offensive instincts lately, even playing um, fourth line minutes. So I, I don't, I, I, I think you could try him there too. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I, you know, I think at the end of the day, I, I think there's time right now too, Hus, to kind of let that line kind of figure itself out, right? Like if it was costing them games, um, then, then maybe that would be you know more of a thing. But you have, and I think the fourth line's played really well lately um, uh, as well. So I mean, David Gustafson's been really, really good. Um, I thought you know I was talking about Morgan Barron as well has been good. Um, so I, I think there's some time to kind of allow that line to sort of figure figure itself out. But you know, yeah, at some point, Rick, and you know, Rick Bonus, um, he's not going to let it last forever. And, and so if it's not working, he's going to try and move the pieces into those positions to figure it out. But when you got a first, third, and fourth line working well as it is at the moment, um, yeah, I think there's a little bit of time to be afforded to kind of, yeah, l- let that line, you know, establish some chemistry if it can. Or maybe just, you know, try and give it a little tweak and, and, and get maybe somebody like Nita Ryder there. At least again, to get it going, get some confidence on the line, and then maybe you can move somebody else back off of it, put the third line back together and go from there. But, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, this team's got a big stretch, as you talked about, in the, coming up in, in, in this road trip. Well, and, you know what? Well, let's let's get to that. Saturday against well, Colorado. Just before we yeah. do that, well over 500 with us live on YouTube right now. Great to see nice. everybody out. Um, if you haven't already, do us a favor and hit that thumbs up. It really helps us spread the show. And if you have not already, please hit the subscribe button and uh, – let us keep getting that number uh, going north. Um, and, you know, when that, obviously it's completely free. And when you hit YouTube, if you're not able to join us live, the latest, freshest WST content from The Daily Show will be there for you. In addition to new things like the Jets this week that comes out Monday mornings from our pal Connor Rabchuk. Um, oh, and Remus also mentioned subscribe to the WST mailing list. Um, put in exclamation mark mail. Uh, there's a Streamlab link right there. Great way to get notified of special contests that we do, like the AEW ticket giveaway. We've got some Moose ticket giveaways coming up and much more heading in to 2024. Um, Bill, yeah, before we go, I mean, just thoughts on the challenge ahead. I mean, coming off that big win, yeah. a couple days off, and then a rematch from last Thursday's win that opened the road trip with the Colorado Avalanche before the Habs, Wings, and Boston Bruins come to town, all from the East, all original six teams before they break for a few days to uh, open some presents and eat turkey. Yeah, it's funny. when you know, so I'm big into cars, racing, and that sort of thing. And one of the things that happens when you oh, – there's a point to this, I promise you. But one thing, when you try and set a speed record, you got to do it both ways, right? And then they take the average of both. This is this rematch against the Colorado Avalanche, where you know you beat them obviously, you know on the out. Now you got to beat them on the, coming back in, right? And 
and so this it's going to be a good game, right? I mean, I I, I think again, what a, what a matchup on a Saturday night in Winnipeg to, to face the Colorado Avalanche, and yeah, we'll see how many people show up for the game, but this is going to be a hell of a game. I mean, we we already saw the first one last week and how good it was and how well the Jets kind of played that Avalanche team. Yeah, I mean, people you know you gotta get the naysayers saying, oh yeah, the ha- or the Avs are missing you know part of their lineup and blah blah blah. You know, I get it, but they still had. All, a lot of good players in that in that in that lineup, and 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 the Jets beat them. I and mean, you know, at the end of the day, you know you, you got to win against a team that's put in front of you. And the Jets played that game. I, I don't want to say to perfection because it wasn't perfect, and it never is. But they they played that game really well. Great game plan, uh, great goaltending went from there. So I think that's good. And then you get the rematch against the Habs on Monday night, and and you know the Jets lost one. Uh, uh, I believe it was the shootout. Um, earlier this season against the Habs at the one back. And I think Lauren Persuade was in the net for that game. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And then obviously Detroit and, and then the big one against Boston heading into the Christmas break. So it's a good, you know, it's another good stretch, a good test of games. Um, you know, I was talking to, I think it was Brennan Dillon earlier um, before the road trip. And, 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 and they like this sort of thing because they're playing, you know, it, it's getting them into a good, you know, uh, a feeling right now. You're not playing all these yeah, they just came off a road trip where they played Anaheim and 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 San Jose, but they're they're playing some tough teams right now, and some teams playing some good hockey, um, and and, and beating those teams. So it, you know, it's kind of a good test. I mean, we're looking at a Jets team that's really good, and and I think, you know, I think there's still people out there that think that this team could go the way of the team last year. But I mean, I would I would say to people being around this team as often as I am, it's not the same, right? Like it is not. It's not to say they don't feel fragile like they did last year. Like in hindsight, you go back and think about, you know, some of the games even around now. Like there, there's some fragility still in that team. Um, it's not like that. I mean, this team has, has handled some adversity early on. I think that's galvanized this team. And so I think we're coming into a stretch now. Um, you know, again, it's a test. But, I uh, mean, you know, I think the Jets are, are well-equipped to handle this. And, you know, honestly, like, I mean, <laughs> I, I think in, in, in years past, I mean, I even think back to the 2017-18 season when Mark Shifley went down with his with his shoulder injury. And I think a lot of people thought, like, this team was going to really kind of struggle at that point. Um, obviously, they went, I think it was 11-2-3 in his absence. But, I, you know, with Kyle Connor out and as big as that news was and as tough as, as that is, I, I you know, I, I've said this before and I wrote about it this week. Like, this team is built to withstand these types of things now with their depth. Um, and I think we've seen that over the last, you know, few games. Even when Connor went down, like this team has, has sort of figured out. And, and this this Jets is this Jets team is a, you know, a, 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 an improved power play away from being, like, quite dominant, right? I mean, they're already pretty dominant five on five. Their special teams has let them down. I mean, we obviously saw that against against San Jose, but yeah, I mean, we're on. We're, we're watching you know, a very good very good team that, that, that still has like, this thing is still, it, it's, it's higher. Like there's a still, there's still another level for this team to reach. And, and, and it, it doesn't show the same signs as it did last year. Um, so yeah, it should be interesting. Should be an interesting run into obviously into the Christmas break here. And uh, yeah, some, it's just tests, stiff no, tests, no, right? It's, it's not, it's not an easy, not easy run. Yeah. So. It's a great point. And um, you know, uh, tomorrow, I uh, imagine the team will have a, a full practice today, sort of a travel day, and uh, get over the road trip. Yeah. 
um, and focusing on that power play with O'Kyle Connor, I would imagine will be uh, at the top of the list and then continue what they're doing defensively, especially as we saw in the third period last night against the Kings, uh, keep those goals yeah. against down as they've been doing and, uh, pop a few goals and keep on putting up two points in the standings. Scotty, great stuff as always, man. Uh, grab a few more hauls, take it easy, and we'll see you at the rink over the course of the next 10 days. Yeah, we'll see you around. Yep. Thanks. Perfect. That. Thanks so much. And, you know, one other thing that, you know, Scott and I just talked about, and we heard about it in the Gabriel Velarde, um audio after the game. Um, he was quick to point out, and he just sort of kind of casually mentioned this, you know, hey, we're a family. Uh, and Rick Bonus has said that many times over the course of this year. And, and listen, a lot of teams say it. Sometimes it sounds like it's lip service. I think in the past we've heard a lot of things that they wanted to be. They told us they were, that maybe they weren't. Um, it really does seem like this year that there is full buy-in from everyone um, about you know the family nature of that team. And it seems to be as tight-knit and a team that plays for each other um, more than ever before. And if you watch the game last night, in between periods, there was a sneak peek of the new runway series. And it is, I think this episode is called Family. And it deals with Rick Bonus leaving the team to be with his wife, Judy, after um, she um, suffered the, uh, the medical incident. Um, and how the team handled his absence, Rick Bonus's return in Florida, we got to see a glimpse of it last night. I know I was texting with Sarah Orleski earlier today. They're really excited about this one. So um, if you haven't already, make a point of, um, you know, over the next day or so, getting over to the Jets' YouTube and giving the entire episode uh, a look at because um, I think it really does a great job in taking us behind the scenes to learn more about this team, what it's made of, um, and you know, probably reinforcing a lot of the things that the team has been telling us, um, certainly throughout this year. Um, all right, we've got lots to do before the end of this program. We have got to get to the new bomber schedule, and we will do that in a few minutes. I know one bird was asking about that. We're going to be able to review the games, highlight matchups, start of the season. We'll touch on that. We also have to give away some AEW tickets. So if you're with us live on YouTube, do not go anywhere. We'll spin the wheel at the end of the show and uh, and have somebody beat the box office. Don't forget, full ticket on sale tomorrow, but the pre-sale is on right now. And if you do want to get some AEW tickets for Christmas gifts and whatnot, WST is here to hook you up. AEWWPG is the pre-sale code right now so you can go to Ticketmaster, April 10th, Winnipeg, get on that, and we will hook you up. And again, we will get to the bomber schedule in a minute um, or in a few minutes. This is a uh, always a fun time to check it out. And listen, we're already looking forward to getting back to the Princess Auto tailgate zone next year at the stadium. Princess Auto, proud sponsors of the Bombers and Winnipeg Sports Talk. And the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Just in time for the holidays, pop down and see them, Panet Road or Portage Avenue West, and you can always shop online and get those wheels turning on your next project 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. 
Speaking of holiday um, gift giving and the Winnipeg Jets, I know there's a lot of people that want to get one of those sweet new 48 jerseys, maybe a new lid, maybe a jersey of a brand new player, a hoodie, tracksuit, golf shirt, whatever you are looking for for the sports fan in your family. I can pretty much guarantee they have it at Royal Sports because if they don't have it at Royal, they don't have it anywhere. The biggest and best selection of licensed merchandise for your favorite team, the local teams, the Jets and the Bombers, every team in the National Hockey League, NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, even World Soccer, it's all at Royal Sports. I've also got some amazing gift ideas on the Kings skate, snow, and surf side of things. Cool sunglasses, stuff to wear on the hill. And um, anyone that's used Yeti coolers or koozies, they've got a big Yeti section. So um, there's your walking papers. Take care of that list right away. Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. Follow them on Instagram for the latest sale information, merchandise drops, and great holiday gift ideas as well. Follow them at Royal Sports Pemina. And we will get to the cool bet lines as well. What a what a barn burner we've got tonight on Thursday night football. Had a couple of good pre a good um, you know primetime games last week. Not quite tonight, but hey, that's why we maybe make a little wager on the game, have some fun. It's the Chargers without Justin Herbert versus the Raiders. But I'll be watching the game, and it's always more fun to watch the game at your local Boston Pizza. Great promos during NFL football. Chances to win great prizes, including a trip to Las Vegas. And maybe most importantly, even if the game sucks, those ice-cold schooners are great. The world-famous BP, pings are, uh, world-famous BP wings are awesome. And those gourmet pizzas are phenomenal as well. And uh, hey, if you're not going out like I did later on last night, you can always get some wings, maybe a Meteor, your favorite pizza, and get it delivered to you hot and fresh from your local BP by ordering online at bostonpizza.com. All right. As I mentioned, we do have a bunch of things to get to, but just to wrap up this Jets conversation coming out of last night's game, um, did want to get well, allow you to hear a little bit of Rick bonus. Remo, if you wouldn't mind uh, getting some of these Bones clips ready. Um, and we'll start it off with, you know, Bones. And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about, what Velarde said, the family nature of the club, how they're playing for each other. It was very clear that this wasn't just a regular game for the Winnipeg Jets as time went on. And I think maybe that gives us a little bit more of an insight as to how they changed up their normal schedule and routine with Hellebuck playing the first game of back-to-backs to have Helly in the net for this game against the LA Kings. This was Bones afterwards on um, that win against the LA Kings, meaning more than just a normal regular season game on the road. And 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 Mel's 500. Like yeah. we're a family in there. We're very, it's a very very tight group. We've talked a lot about that. So this game meant a lot to a lot of people, and we got some tremendous efforts. You know, the, the Shifley line speaks for itself. But don't ever forget that back check that Adam Lowry gave us in that second period. That was absolutely huge. The shorthanded, the big shot block by Nate Schmidt in the third. Like all those little details that we talk a lot about, you could see those, and it's great that the Shifley line made the biggest difference in the game but there's a lot of major contributions from a lot of guys because of that because it meant a lot to a lot of guys in that room 
All right, uh, Bones, on uh, how much that meant to a few of the former Kings. Um, listen, it didn't look great after uh, that bizarre goal went in from behind the goal line off Hellebuck's head. Uh, and being down 0-2 is not good at the best of times. It's even worse against a team like the LA Kings. Here's Bones on how the team battled back from that early deficit. We were happy with the way we were playing. And sometimes things just don't, don't go your way. Uh, I don't know how they missed that that knockdown the, from behind in the net, so they got that one. And you shoot from the corner and it hits a guy in the mask and goes in. There's nothing you can do about that. We'll give up that shot every day. So we, we knew going into the second, yeah, we're down 2 nothing, but we're... We were playing well. We were happy with the, with the way we were playing three games and four nights, and the guys knew we were not making any excuses. We're going to keep pushing the pace here, and we were able to do that. Well, they were able to do that, and uh, the catalyst for all of it was the uh, top line of Ehlers, Shifley, and Velarde. Um, uh, here's Bones on uh, moving Velarde up to the top line after Kyle Connor was injured. Yeah, we probably would have moved them up uh, both that time anyways, but the problem there was like the awful Mark and Ehlers and Kisu were playing so right. well, so it wasn't that he wasn't ready to go up there, it was that the other line was playing so well, we weren't going to touch it. Uh, but so that's why we got Gabe, we saw, we saw it in training camp, we saw it earlier in the year, so uh, he's a great fit with Mark, and when that play line like, plays like that, and Nick Ehlers skates like that, they're tough to stop, but again, we got a lot of major contributions from a lot of guys and it's great that marks was the biggest difference well and uh the, the biggest difference was the line i mean i thought ehlers in a lot of ways was the catalyst i mean the goal that he scored just to get them on the board make it a one goal game certainly sparked the team um and then they just took it to a whole nother level here's bones on nick ehlers he was playing really well. He's been playing really well. This is the best he's played because he's healthy. He's 100% healthy, which we can't, couldn't always say early and we couldn't always say last year. But when he's skating like that, he's elite. It's elite speed, skills, obviously, and hockey IQ. So uh, you love to watch him play. But, um, you know, that's it, just tonight that was a, uh, that line made the difference. But it's a, it's a good fit with Gabe on the right side and Mark, who's a hockey IQ, is uh, above the charts as well. So, um, but when you get Nick skating like that, man, he's tough to defend. All right, there's uh, Bones. And one more from Bones. Uh, just uh, wrapping a 3-1 and road trip before coming home for this huge homestand, which begins Saturday night at Canada Life Centre against the first-place Avs. It was a great road trip, and again, three games and four nights and back-to-back. We don't make excuses. We keep pushing, and even that game last night, I know we lost, but we had enough chances to win that game, so uh, I really liked the way we played on the road trip, but you look at tonight against that team, which was an elite team, we held them to six shots in the third period, and that's when, yeah, we got a 3-2 lead, but we're able to shut it down and still generate some offense, so those are great things to see. Hello. All right, I think that's our cue. Round it up. Yeah, the uh, get the sirens on. May I have your attention? The Winnipeg Jets are leaving Crypto.com Arena with two points and six of a possible eight on the road trip. Saturday night, it's on against the Avalanche. Uh, hopefully we'll uh, see a bunch of you guys at the game. Tickets available now. WinnipegJets.com slash tickets. All right, we're going to get to the bomber schedule in a moment. And we will have the ticket giveaway for AEW, so stick around for that. Um, but coming up right now for a few minutes, this is our second um, second visit um, as part of our new It Takes a Community to Play series with Sport Manitoba 
proudly supported by Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries. And uh, we're uh, going to bring in Vlastimil Cherny, talk about his incredible career as both an athlete and a coach and uh, what being a coach has done for his life and opportunity as well. Hope you enjoy it. It's time for our weekly It Takes a Community to Play segment with Sport Manitoba, proudly brought to you and sponsored by Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries. And, you know, we talked last week about the opportunities to coaches and, and to get into coaching and where it might lead. And I don't think we could possibly have a better example of what is out there for coaches if they continue following the path. It is an absolute pleasure to welcome in, now in his 31st year as the swimming coach at the University of Manitoba, former Olympian athlete and Olympian coach, Vlastimil Cherny. Vlastic, what's going on? It's great to have you on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Well, thanks very much for having me, and uh, I'm always happy to share my story and, uh, you know, the story of coaching and uh, and, and my own swimming too, but uh, the, the coaching piece has been huge for me. It took me around the world, and, um, yeah, so glad to share. Well, you know, I guess – before we get into the coaching career, um, you, of course, emigrated to Canada at, at a young age and were a top swimmer and went to the Olympics. And I think a lot of coaches start off getting involved in sports that they have been performing in as an athlete. Uh, tell us quickly about your swimming days um, and, of course, going to the Olympics for the first time back in 88. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, uh, most coaches uh, have done the sport, but there's a few that uh, that venture into a new sport that they haven't done. But uh, I started, you know, when I was in grade two, I was picked out by one of the coaches who approached my dad. And uh, if I wanted to join a club and I just was a fish in the water, I loved the water and I loved competing. So uh, I swam in my native Czech Republic, I uh, competed at the European Championships. And then uh, 1982, I left and uh, defected to Germany, swam there for a year, and then ended up coming to Canada in 1983, where I competed for Canada in the 1988 Olympics, a number of international meets. What, um, I mean, what was the Olympic experience like? And and how would it compare? Maybe we can get into that because you've seen it a number of times as a coach as well. Um, how the Olympics are, are different from 1988 to when you began to uh, your other stops, um, helping other athletes try and reach their dreams. Well, I mean, it, I mean, obviously the first one is exciting, and that's uh, you know was a goal for me as an athlete. Um, I only got there once as an athlete because of different circumstances in my life, but uh, it was it was thrilling. I still remember. Uh, the lighting of the flame, uh, you know, it was it was the scenario where the archer shot uh, the arrow into the flame through the stadium. It was fantastic, and uh, yeah. But as, as unfortunately as as the time went on, as coach, we actually uh, have a rule that we don't go to the opening ceremonies. So we we watch it uh, on TV when we're in the village uh, because swimming starts so early. Ah, that makes uh, makes a lot of sense. I mean, in different schedules for uh, for all you know the different athletes and and games depending on when you're uh, when you're going there. Well, we'll get to that a little bit more. But um, finishing up your swimming career, how did you get into coaching? And was this something that you had always kind of thought was going to be the next step, or uh, did it just sort of happen? Yeah, I, you know, I think it was always in the back of my mind. I was a bit of a self coacher. 
<laughs> I, I coached myself a lot. I, I had very good awareness, you know, of my technique and, and training. And so I think it was kind of a natural move. I tried different things, but uh, it, it brought me back to coaching uh, uh, when I finished my competitive career. Now, um, you know, getting involved in the university and being there for, I mean, three decades, you've had some incredible athletes, I mean, have built the program. And, and like in any university sport, it is cyclical. I mean, you'd love to love to sign Kelsey Wog to a 15-year career and <laughs> represent U of M all the time. But um, I, I'm listening about that opportunity of doing it at, a, at the university level and, and working with student athletes that obviously are trying to be their best, but also the role of of a coach to help them achieve in other aspects of their life, particularly in the classroom. Yeah. I mean, we value, uh, you know, one of our uh, 10 commandments, if you will, is graduate, you know, and, uh, and walk out of here with a degree. And, and uh, we want to provide an experience in the pool uh, that's fun and that's, uh, that's challenging for them to be their best in the pool as well as in the school. You know, Vlastic, one of the, the, the amazing things about, um, you know, your time as a coach is that in addition to making such a difference with all young swimmers here in Manitoba and across the country, um, for yourself, it really has taken you around the world. Um, if you can, uh, enlighten us a little bit about mm -hmm. some of the biggest events you've been a part, including the Pan Ams that uh, you were just involved in recently. Yeah, I mean, I've you know, as an athlete, I traveled the world. I have, I can pick up the phone anywhere around the world and own somebody, and it's it's like we pick up where we left off. So I do have a lot of friends uh, around the world. Um, that's that's one of the joys of expanding the horizon to beyond, uh, you know, your country. Um, and I've been fortunate enough to uh, um, to do that. Traveled everywhere and um it's been it's been great pan am games um is so big how, how was that trip for you and the canadian swimmers that was uh, fantastic it was actually my first uh, pan am games actually outside of winnipeg when when the games were in winnipeg i had athletes uh, that were preparing for it but we didn't quite get there but because i was here i was around the pan am games but not on the team and yeah, no, the, the the people of Chile were fantastic, very friendly, uh, and a beautiful country. Um, and they, you know, they looked after us really well. Um, Blastic, as far as the, um, you know, kind of that road taken. Obviously, you mentioned Olympics as an athlete. Um, tell us about being a coach at the Olympics, and and how's the Olympic experience? Other than obviously missing the opening ceremonies, how is the Olympic experience different? as a coach than when you have to go out there and compete yourself? Well, I don't know. I don't know whether that was initially for me more stressful. I think maybe that as an athlete, you know, as an athlete, I knew all the work that I've done and what I, what I can do and, and compete. Um, but you know, when you, when you just in charge of the program, you don't, you're not quite in charge of the person that's competing. And all kinds of things can happen. So that I, you know, initially I did find that stressful, but it's just like anything. You you learn to manage it uh, as you go along. You know, um, you know, you're, um, you know, having been involved at the university, uh, you know, before uh, years ago. I mean, your uh, name was, uh, you know, synonymous with swimming in the program. Um, what has it been about that job 
um, and coaching in general that has kept you doing it for as long as you have been and as successfully? I think, uh, look, I'm a, I'm a believer in constant learning and reinventing and, uh, and being creative. And so that's one of the things. So when I first started at the university, I wasn't full-time university. I was, I was actually the provincial coach on a secondment agreement to the university. And then over time, we started a training center where we were nationally sponsored uh, by, by our organization, by Swimming Canada. And then it changed. And then uh, we then we started our developmental swim club out of which Kelsey Wog has come through. And we had some our other national team members. So I think just change, you know, um, is important and reinventing yourself. And I'm still having fun. You mentioned Kelsey Wog. Um you know, anyone that's been paying attention, even if they don't follow swimming at all, I mean, you know, when local athletes do special things, um, it hits the papers. We talk about it. Um, she's now finished her varsity career with the Bisons, but still swimming with the club and under your tutelage. Um, for folks that have heard the name but aren't familiar with Kelsey, give us a little rundown on uh, uh, what she's done as a Bison, as a young Canadian swimmer, um, and what's to come for her. So she was one of our very first swimmers when we started our developmental program, just tiny, little girl. Uh, she was a dancer. So every year we didn't know whether she was going to continue swimming because she's, I don't know if I'll swim. She was a competitive dancer, a uh, Highland dancer and very good one. And so every year she got a little bit better in swimming, a little bit better in swimming. And, uh, you know, we were fortunate to keep her throughout the university and work with her uh, now beyond the university because she's training for the uh, Paris games. You know, and I mean, Kelsey, and I should also mention, I mean, Michelle Lashinsky and uh, Rhiannon Lear. Right. Um, how rewarding is it from a coach's perspective to have such a big role in young athletes realizing their dreams and getting to the top of the mountain and competing in things like the Olympic games? Well, I mean, it's pretty exciting and rewarding for sure because you see the smile on their face. But uh, my first Olympics when I was selected as a coach was the 2000, uh, 2000 in Sydney. And both Michelle and Rhiannon qualified in those uh, it, for that Olympics. And the announcer uh, in those days when he was interviewing, I think Michelle, he says, I saw your coach jump up and down. I thought he was going to crack the foundation of the pool. So... <laughs> <laughs> so it is very rewarding. It, a lot of work goes into it, but when the moment comes together, it's magic. You know, uh, uh, part of this conversation we wanted to get to is, um, you know, how rewarding it can be both from a personal level as well as opportunities out there. But, um, you know, if there's people watching this or listening, whether they think about the sport of swimming or other sports, I mean, what message would you have to them about getting involved, um, what is out there in the coaching um, occupation, if you will, um, and, and even starting at a volunteer level, um, how much that can do for someone and uh, what might be awaiting someone that's considering going down that path. Yeah, I mean, swimming is great. I've been fortunate uh, to, uh, to pick a sport that can provide professional opportunity, not just at university, but in the club system. Uh, but I would say, you know, pick a sport that you love and and uh, and enjoy and and uh, run with it. Persevere. It's not easy. There's ups and downs. Uh, a colleague of mine once said, when when I had success, 
He says, enjoy success because you never know how long it's going to last. So you do go, you do go through ups and downs and you have to be ready and just continue to reinvent yourself almost. And, oh, and that's the fun process. That's the it, fun. Absolutely. Vlasic Cherney's with us. The, uh, three decades plus head coach of the UMM Bison swimming program and a multiple time Olympian as an athlete and a coach as well as pretty much everything else. Um, as far as coaching, how has it changed over the last few years and how beneficial, you know, for the sports in general has things like um, the uh, safe sport program um, and, and risk management and all, all of those things that have been implemented by national governing bodies to make sports safer um, and better for all parties involved? No, I think for sure it's important that uh, we, we provide for the safety of, um, of children and, and young adults. Uh, there's no question about that. In terms of the coaching, how it's changed, you know, I... I grew up in a system in, in Czechoslovakia where do what I say. And, you know, if you stepped out of line, uh, I had a coach that had a wooden clog and says, come on over here, whack, whack me over the butt and get back in. <laughs> no lengthy discussions. I knew whatever I did was probably wrong. <laughs> so you wouldn't get away with that piece uh, today. Um, but uh, I think there is a better way for sure. <laughs> and uh, communication and building relationships with the athletes uh, based on trust and, and, and mutual goals. Uh, and not even mutual goals, it's, uh, it's the athletes' goals. You know, that's where, you know, perhaps trouble sometimes starts, where, where you have your own goals and you try to impose them onto the athletes, and that's no good. It is crazy in 2023 to hear stories like that, but, um, you know, and, and I'm not sure what it was like here in Canada, but certainly here about different countries and, you know, on the other side of the block in a very different political time where it really was a different world. And the athlete experience was incredibly different as well. Yeah. And the culture set changed too. You know, I mean, it was a hardworking culture where I grew up and, and there wasn't a lot of time for discussions, just, you know, the, the corporal punishment was part of the upbringing. <laughs> it really is wild. I mean, there are so many coaching opportunities out there. And I mean, we need coaches. We need officials. These games do not happen without coaches and officials. And if you are interested in turning your passion and into action and becoming a coach or an official in the sport you love, um, get to Sport Manitoba. As we say, it takes a community to play. And... Um, the benefits of coaching, um, you know, I think far reach anything that we could talk about in this piece. Um, but Vlastic, uh, how much longer do you think that uh, you want to do this? It seems to be it's always been a labor of love. You're still doing it. You got a smile on your face. Your athletes yeah. are doing really well. I mean, is this one of the, I guess that's one of the great things about being a coach. I'm like an athlete. The length of being able to be involved in the sports heck of a lot longer than competing at a high level. Yeah, I mean, it, it goes on and it's, uh, I'm not even thinking of retirement and I'm close to retirement age or the official 65, but uh, I just turned 60 and I'm not, I'm not thinking it's uh, as long as I'm having fun, as long as I feel like I'm making a difference uh, in, in young people's lives and uh, they can have some joy out of the journey and uh, then I'll just keep going. Lastic, great catching up and chatting with you. Continued success. Have a great holiday season. And uh, congrats and best of luck to Kelsey and all your athletes moving forward into 2024. 
Thanks very much, Andrew, and uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. Appreciate it. There's Vlastic Journey from the U of M as part of our It Takes a Community to Play series uh, from Sport Manitoba, supported by Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries. Um, if you are interested in coaching opportunities or getting involved in the grassroots of, of any any sport here in the province, go to the Sport Manitoba website, find out more about opportunities, and uh, and go for it. As we can see, the, uh, the, the opportunities and the potential out there are endless. All right, really enjoyed that chat with uh, with Blast. Absolute beauty and a hell of a coach and a great guy to talk about some of the the places um, that coaching can take people. Uh, again, uh, really pumped working with Sport Manitoba um, to kind of you know get into some of the topics we don't normally talk about and try and help grassroots sports at the same time. And also really appreciate the uh, support of Manitoba. Liquor and lotteries on uh, grassroots sports around our province. Hey, I want to thank Nick and Nikki DQ for their great support of WST. It was awesome to have Nick out last Wednesday, meeting a number of the WSTers and uh, bringing those Buster Bars and the Dilly Bars. The Buster Bars are unbelievable. Like, that is one thing. That if you pop by Nick and Nikki DQ, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, you can pick up take home ice cream treats that. Um, you certainly can't get anywhere else. Um, but with the holidays here, why not add a DQ ice cream cake to the mix to uh, take that holiday gathering up to the next level? Hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. If you want to get something custom made, um, you know, you throw your picture on it. They can pretty much do anything. Um, and obviously you can just get it ready to go for a quick and easy pickup at any of the Nick and Nikki DQs. While you're at it, grab one of those stack burgers absolutely elite and maybe the most underrated in the game and don't forget they've got the new pita pit out in niverville as well stop in for a healthy fresh delicious pita they also do great catering as well so if you think pita catering might go well with your next event hit them up on twitter or instagram at pita pit niverville and they would love to help you out and hey Speaking of the holidays, we had a great holiday gathering last week at Little Brown Jug. How you can make your holiday gathering better? Have Winnipeg's finest local beer available for you and your guests. And you're going to definitely want to get some of the Little Brown Jug, Jug generic. We'll probably be having a few on Saturday night at the, uh, at the arena. Generic, of course, available at Winnipeg Jet Games along with 1919 at both Craft Beer Corner, upstairs in uh, Section 310, and downstairs in 126. But a great deal right now on Generic Lager, $19.99 for eight packs and $2.99 a can at your local Manitoba liquor marts, at beer stores around the city. And the best place to do it is at Little Brown Jug. And, of course, uh, get on that. Like, that special they've got as well is unreal. Mix and match any 12 cans and get a free $15 gift card to enjoy in the tap room. Make it an LBJ holidays with generic lager and all the great little brown jug beers. William Avenue and online with some great merchandise you can order as well at littlebrownjug.ca. All right, let's get to this bomber schedule, Reem, and then... We'll give away some AEW tickets. Holy smokes, it's 3 p.m. already. This has been a packed show. Well, not surprising. Everyone's so fired up about that game last night. But the bomber schedule is out. 
And as Dustin Nielsen, I had not seen it. It came out while we were on the air for the lock shop. He said, what do you think the first game of the season is? I said, I don't know what I think it is, but it should be Winnipeg and Montreal going at it. They missed the mark last year. We didn't see the Argos until September 29th. And at that point, they weren't even playing their starters. But game one of the season this year, Thursday, June 6th, in the peg, down at the U of M, Montreal at Winnipeg. We don't have to wait for the Bombers to get a crack at the Alouettes after what happened in the Grey Cup. We'll do it right out of the gate, game one of the season. Bombers then go to Ottawa on the 13th of June, come back for their second home game and host the BC Lions on Friday, June 21st. They then go to Calgary in week four on Saturday night. They host the Ottawa Red Blacks Friday, July 5th, and then right back at it for another summer Friday game against the Stamps on Friday, July 12th. They will be playing Saskatchewan twice in Saskatchewan. The following Friday, the 19th, the Bombers kick off against the Riders at Mosaic uh, and then come back and then head to Toronto to take on the Argos on Saturday, July 27th. Quick turnaround for the Bombers as they then play on Thursday, August 1st at home again against BC. And this will be a great way to kick off the long weekend. Um, a lot of people will have the second off and then the fifth will be a holiday as well. And it's a holiday for the Bombers too because they'll go on the bye after that game against the BC Lions. They're back at it in BC on Saturday, August 17th. They continue, uh, they then host the Hamilton Tiger Cats on Friday, August 23rd. And then we get to a very familiar couple of weeks, Sunday, September 1st, the Labor Day Classic, Bombers at Saskatchewan. And then the following Saturday, 3 p.m. here in the peg, it is the Banjo Bowl with the Riders and Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Bombers are on the bye after the Banjo Bowl. Return to action for a home-and-home against the Elks in Edmonton, Saturday, September 21st, and then home to the Elks Friday, September 27th. The Bombers then hit the road again into Hamilton, and as Ed Tate noted in his piece, maybe a change of date in the annual visit to Hamilton will be good because the Bombers have uh, lost their last couple times, including that 29-23 defeat a year ago. And the 2022 game was that insane um, uh, Dane Evans game where they put up 48 on the Bombers. Um, Bombers then come back home to host the Toronto Argonauts Friday, October 11th, have another bye week, and then the final game of the season is a rematch of the opening week of the season. Bombers at Montreal in week 18, Saturday, October 26th, and then it is playoff time. Love the schedule, Reem. Um, lots of great Friday nights in the summer. A couple of Thursday night games as well that I know some people will be scheduling themselves off the next day. But most importantly, kicking it off right here in the peg in a Grey Cup rematch for the first game of the season. Yeah, I don't know if I'm ready, Huss, to uh, talk about a Grey Cup rematch. Still, still uh, fresh, the wounds from that loss. But the schedule is out. Uh, we do have games, and I, I like the bomber schedule. I like the Thursday games. As I've said, Thursday in the summer, Winnipeg, basically a Friday. Uh, we don't have any Sunday games. There is that one 
their Sunday home games. They did introduce Sunday night football and CFL last year. The only one is in BC on August 18. I found that interesting. Uh, not a lot of Saturday games, just what the banjo, uh, the banjo bowl, uh, or Saturday, sorry, Saturday home games, primarily Thursday, Fridays. I like it. It gives us, you know, Thursday games. We can talk about them here, uh, here on Friday, which I enjoy. Um, so it's solid schedule. What they play every team twice too. Um, you know, the home and home and home. They were going for that, and they play three times against Saskatchewan, per usual, and BC. So we have those divisional rivalries. And yes, the Hamilton game normally what late late summer has been moved. <laughs> To in Hamilton in October, exactly. Um, so um, I know Spencey, you don't like the Thursday games. Thursday games are great, especially mm-hmm. in the summer. Um, Love heading in, heading into weekends, and I mean that one on August first, like August second, we'll be working because that's what we do after a bomber game. But I would imagine, well, they hopefully they'll win that game, and everyone will be all fired up to talk about it because otherwise, there's going to be a lot of people checked out doing a lot of other things, heading out for an extended August long weekend. Uh, but two Thursday games, including the opener against the Alouettes, and then six Friday night games, and then the one Saturday game, which is of course the Banjo Bowl against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, all the information, full write up on it, available at brewbombers.com. From the man himself, Eddie Tate. Um, okay, Remo, are we able? Are we ready to open up? Um, open up qualifying or uh, entries for uh, for our AEW contest? Yes, uh, yes, I do. I'm going to do it now. I'll hit the button. So exclamation mark tickets, and make sure you stick around till the draw, so we can can message you on here. Uh, we you need yeah. to see if you win. Yeah, this is AEW Beat the Box Office tickets. Again, if you want to buy them right now for Christmas, there's a pre-sale on. You can get great seats right now. You can use the promo code AEWWPG. Um, But we've got a couple pair of Beat the Box Office tickets. One, go to the website and enter. We'll announce the winner tomorrow at the end of the show around the marble race. And right now, it's been a while since we've done the uh, the wheel of winners, if you will. So um, the April AEW show, April 10, it is on right now. Put in exclamation mark tickets, and if you are the winner, you're gonna have to fire us a um, we have to fire us an email. Um, and we don't have the tickets yet. We will be sending them out when they send them to us. But we have confirmed we've got tickets for Beat the Box Office. So uh, right now, and you know what, before we do this, we'll give you a couple minutes to enter everyone for people that maybe are just a little bit behind exclamation mark tickets, an amazing clip from last night's AEW where Winnipeggers, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega, who are partners now, Kenny was doing a promo. Their name is the Golden Jets. And he accidentally referred to themselves as the Winnipeg Jets and had to change it. So, uh, Winnipeg boys through and through. Um, but listen, let's uh, quickly get over to the cool bet lines. And again, shout out to Hot Rod Z. Rod with two Ds, who came in yesterday into the lock shop in the chat. And we have so much fun with the chat. And again, that show is right now on Edmonton Sports Talk at noon our time 
leading into WST, myself, Dustin Nielsen, and uh, Rod convinced us last night. I was dubious on it. I was nervous. I mean, there's nothing better than winning a parlay, including your own team. But I had had poor, like whenever I had thrown the Jets out because I was confident in them winning, it didn't happen. And I was feeling like I was mushing them. Rod came with the tremendous information. He dropped. They were 5-0 and in the second end of back-to-backs. A bunch of other reasons why we should have taken them. And well, we all know what happened last night in the game. A beautiful plus 675 parlay just in time for NFL week. So a shout-out to Rod and shout-out to everyone that joined us yesterday in the Cool Bet Lines and jumped on Gabriel Velarde at plus 300. Revenge game narrative undefeated. That was another beauty as well. As far as tonight goes, we do have Thursday night football, and it's a bit of a dog game. Are you ready for Aiden O'Connell versus Easton Stick? (laughs) <laughs> as the Raiders as the Raiders host the Chargers or what's left of them the Raiders are 3 point favorites in this game Chargers getting 3 and the total in this game is 34 and a half we did cook up a lock shop partner parley exclusive for tonight we've got Josh Palmer the Canadian 34 plus receiving yards um, and with just how beaten up these offensive lines are, I think there'll be a number of dump-offs to Austin Eckler. We've got him for five or more receptions. And Michael Mayer, the rookie tight end for the Raiders, three receptions. So Palmer, 34 yards. Uh, Eckler, five receptions. Mayer, three receptions. That is up right now in the exclusives at plus 495. And uh, primetime Patty Gregoire, who um, served up a beauty for that Sunday nighter against from the Cowboys and uh, Eagles is back at it. Our usual field goal bet over three and a half field goals and uh, Khalil Mack with a sack and Max Crosby with a sack. That's one is at plus four fifteen. Uh, NHL tonight. Caps are in what? Or sorry, the Caps are in Philly. Take on the Flyers. Flyers minus 147 favorites. Caps plus 125. Uh, Blue Jackets in Toronto take on the Leafs. Leafs a big favorite, minus 246. Hurricanes in Detroit. The Canes are a minus 176 favorite. Uh, The Flames are taking on the Minnesota Wild. Calgary plus 134. Minnesota minus 158. Um, The new interim coach, is behind the bench tonight for the Blues. They're a home dog, plus 112 to the Ottawa Senators at minus 132. And definitely the game of the night, Lightning at the Oilers. Oilers have won eight in a row. Maybe the Lightning can cool them off. Tampa's plus 144. Edmonton's minus 170. And then two late ones tonight, Blackhawks at Kraken. Kraken a huge minus 236 favorite. And an interesting one, the Panthers at minus 120 in Vancouver as favorites taking on the Canucks at plus 102. Is this Bobby Lou night? Yes, uh, I believe so. And I'm seeing a lot of Bobby Lou on Twitter, um, most notably uh, retweeting his tweet of the toilet from the uh, 2007 playoffs. <laughs> but I believe it. it is. And I was kind of surprised the Canucks are underdogs, but Florida playing... Uh, very well. And you mentioned that Tampa Edmonton game. Victor Hedman uh, won't be the lineup for the Lightning. 
against oh. Oilers, who are on quite a quite a heater. So some nice late games uh, on the schedule here, and I guess it's St. Louis's first game without uh, Craig Berube. I don't know if they get a, a bump. They asked uh, Jordan Cairo about what he thought of Berube, and he said, "I have no comment. He's not my coach anymore." Wow. Yeah. Well, so. it was pretty clear that they spent all the money on Cairo and Robert Thomas, and I don't think those guys were big Baruby guys. Um, and that's a big reason why St. Louis is where they're at right now in the standing. Yeah. So uh, I'd love to see Ottawa win that game, and I'd love to see Tampa win that game as well tonight. Hey, if you haven't played a cool bet, use the promo code WST. On your first deposit, you get a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks. And make sure to join us in the lock shop tomorrow at noon. Biggest show of the week, our NFL best bets. Yes, you are listening to a guy that went 5-0 and against the spread last week. We'll try to do it again tomorrow. Join us at noon. Give us a sub. And, hey, wherever you get Winnipeg Sports Talk podcast, search Lock Shop and uh, give, us a, uh, give us a sub there as well. And you can listen to the, uh, the audio uh, version. All right. We're about to do the uh, ticket giveaway. Excuse me. Don't forget, though. Go to the website, winnipegsportstalk.com. Enter to win the other pair. We're going to give those away tomorrow. And if you're with us in the chat, get on that mailing list because we've also got moose tickets to give away. And there's a link right there. You'll get notified if you miss the show and we're doing giveaways. It's a great way to stay in touch with WST when you might not be able to catch the show live. All right. Last call. Exclamation mark tickets if you just got in here and then stick around because if you win, you're going to need to send us your email and information so we can get you those tickets. Before we do this, though, I just want to play a clip. This is a longer promo. We'll just play like the first minute or so. So here are Winnipeg boys, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, international superstars, now doing a tag team in AEW as the Golden Jets in a nod to their hometown and Kenny got a little mixed up. Maybe he was fired up about the Kings game last night. I'm not sure. Um, but this was quite the Freudian slip last night on AEW as Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho dropped a promo in the ring. Look, when it comes to beatdowns, I'm pretty much the king of receiving them. I'm on the end of a beatdown every once every two weeks. So hey, you guys think you can talk a big game? That's fine. We've earned ourselves a tag team title shot down the road. And guess what? On December 30th at World's End, we're thinking that maybe the Winnipeg Jets, as in the Golden Jets, the Golden Jets, not the Winnipeg Jets, the Golden Jets can maybe take those two titles <laughs> off of your waists and place them firmly around ours. What do you say to that? <laughs> so there it is, the Winnipeg Jets. They are they are the Winnipeg Jets of wrestling, that is for sure. And definitely, um, definitely some of our greatest, but Yin Vivian, you realize wrestling is 100% scripted, right, Huss? What are you talking about? Scripted. Yeah, I just wrote you. No sure? idea what you're talking about. No idea again what you're talking about at all. Um, anyways, April 10 here in Winnipeg. Let's let somebody beat the box office. Remo, you want to grab the uh, grab the names sure. and throw them into the uh, into the wheel of winners? Sure. Uh, 
Uh, let me grab them. Before we do that, hold on. A lot of people are asking us, did you see this, Hess? Former Manitoba Moose goalie, Mikhail Burden. Oh my God, in the KHL All-Star game with yeah. the two-on-one? Everyone's asking. Everyone wants us to... Uh, to sure, yeah, while well, you get the names, throw this. Yeah, I mean, the Birdman... Listen, he might not be great all the time at stopping the puck, but I've never seen anybody handle the puck as a goaltender like Burden. And this is a clip from, I believe it was the KHL All-Star game. And um, oh. I guarantee you've never seen a goalie do this before in a game. Let me find, hold on. I had it and then, oh, here it is. Barber Moose goalie goes end, end to end. What a wild. <laughs> hold on, I... Uh, oh, yeah, this is it. Pretty and he just decides, screw it, I'm going. And a beautiful back and forth with the forward. And Burden taps it in. You know, he can skate and he can definitely stick handle. Again, the main job of a goaltender is to uh, is to stop the puck. Um, but, man, he was fun to watch here in uh, in uh, with the Moose while he was here. Um, what well, actually, one other goaltending uh, note. And... This was uh, a little uh, a little unfortunate, Reem, um, but we kind of were thinking that we might the Jets might have the uh, starting goaltender for the World Juniors, uh, but Dom Divincentis released from the club and will not be one of the two goaltenders on the club. So that was a little bit of unfortunate news for Jet fans as we uh, get ready for the annual Christmas tournament. Yeah, that was uh, too bad. We. We thought maybe he would be on the roster, not quite, but there was some positive. We weren't sure about Rutger McGrory's situation, the first round pick from uh, a couple of years ago, as he was injured, you know, really bad, you know, crash into the boards, was in the hospital, but he was on the ice at the Team USA camp today, Hus, in a non-contact jersey. They're hopeful he can play. We'll have to wait and see, but I think just positive for him. To be back on it because you don't know how long someone's going to be with a, a crash like that. I think that could have been very, uh, yeah, very, like very some, bad. Like we never really got details on exactly what it was, but it seemed like some sort of a tailbone injury. And I'll be honest, USA would be nuts not to bring him anyways, even if he couldn't play, just to be the uh, captain of vibes for the team. We all know what Rucker brings to a team and a and a um, and a dressing room. Um, even for a, a shorter event like that. All right, geez, this is late. We got to get this pot up. Let's uh, let's give away some AEW beat the box office tickets. We've got two pairs. One be given away on the website, so make sure to go over, enter there, and enter on. Uh, make sure to sign up for our mailing list, so um, you've got notifications when we're doing things like this. Um, but today, we do have the. Uh, we do have a pair of tickets, and we're giving away to someone live. Yeah, Isha Boy Bruce mentioning top line is likely going to be our former ice guys, Matt Savoy and Connor Geeky, um, who uh, shape up to be the um, 
top line for Canada. So um, certainly there'll be some Winnipeg flavor. But was hoping to see Dom DiVincentis as the guy getting the starts for Canada. That unfortunately will not be the case this season. Um, all right. Wheel of Winners. Been a little while since we spun the wheel. But whoever wins this wheel spin is going to be getting beat the box office tickets for AEW. And once again, pre-sale is on right now. If you need the code, we got your hookup. AEWWPG is the uh, is the pre-sale code if you want to get some Christmas presents for the wrestling fans in your circle. Um, all right, Remo, let's do this. Here we got all the names in. We got 30... Names in the wheel. Ready Good luck to, to all it. of you. Good luck to all of you, fellow AEW fans and fans of both the Winnipeg Jets and the Golden Jets. <laughs> um, we're going to spin it. If you win, send us an email at winnipegsportstalk.com. We'll be putting it on a list, and uh, as soon as we get the tickets from AEW, you will have them, but you'll know that you're in before the general sale goes on tomorrow. Uh, all right, Remo, take it away and spin. Sure, yeah, let me mention winnipegsportsuck.com uh, slash contest uh, for another chance to win tickets. And also there's Moose tickets for Sunday's game, which I will hand out Friday evening. So go there and throw your name in uh, for a chance, another to, chance win. to win with WST. All right, here we go. All right, I'm going to hit the spin button let me turn down the volume just a tad on the uh wheel sound I like all right wheel i should sound. get too bad we don't have a is tristan can we get a wheel of names <laughs> uh song or <laughs> anyways i'll shut up wheel time aew beat the box office tickets who's going to aew mary jane yes mary jane one of our favorites, always here with us in the chat on the live show. Great uh, to see such a popular and positive member of our community win it. Mary Jane, get ready for some fun at wrestling on the 10th of April. Fire us an email, Mary Jane, and we'll make sure we'll send you those tickets as soon as they become available. Um, all right, well, great show today, man. We had lots to get to. Tomorrow, Weebs World, Hacksaw, Maybe a special guest or two we're working on. So be sure to join us at 1 p.m. We'll uh, have the latest from around the world of sports, latest from Jets practice, and we will get ready for the Avalanche's visit on Saturday night. Get your tickets. Let's see that building packed for a battle for first place in the Central Division between the Winnipeg Jets and the Colorado Avalanche, who won the Cup a couple years ago. Big thanks to Brandon Rowicki, Scott Billick, Vlastimil Cherney, and all of you for making us a part of your day. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and hit a thumbs up on the way out. Congratulations to Mary Jane for winning the AEW tickets. We will announce the second AEW Beat the Box Office winner tomorrow. Enter at winnipegsportstalk.com slash contest. Huge appreciation of the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. And all of you... Have a great night. Hold your nose if you have to and enjoy the Chargers and Raiders. And we'll see you tomorrow at 1 p.m. right here on WST. Oh, my God. Oh! Oh! Shut it down. Oh Let's go home. 
Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.